Do you think it's safe to ask them? Hear me. All you hosts gathered here. Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. From the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell, welcome to Astro Radio Z.
Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. How did we get to this point, Eric, that we're going to be sitting here today <laughs> watching four <laughs> made-for-TV Canadian RoboCop films? Well, uh, I, I can't remember the exact chain of events that, that led to now, but I, I'm sure it was something about you know me talking crap about them. Uh, and how terrible they probably were. And then you being like, well, I don't think I've ever watched all of them. And I, me being admittedly like, I definitely have not watched all mm. of them and watched maybe part of one. So I figured, since we both love RoboCop and we know it's the greatest horror movie of all time. <laughs> too scary. It's too scary. <laughs> Let's not talk about RoboCop. It's too scary. These are fine because they were made for TV, so I know they're not hardcore horror. I, we, uh, what are these even rated? Are they rated? No, know. these were made for, well, they're TV MA. Supposedly... Yeah. And this is a long-winded backstory for those of you that aren't familiar or didn't even know that there were any other RoboCops out of RoboCop outside of RoboCop one, two, and three. Supposedly, concurrently with RoboCop three, a Canadian production team optioned the license uh, for RoboCop, and they made one season of a TV series, I remember this, I remember which was made for kids primarily. Like it totally wiped away the idea that the, it was a hyper satirical, super ultra violent. Like a, po- yeah, which would call it, it, it was like a, future, sort of future. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. it was mostly just like, remember when uh, trauma made toxic crusaders? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of that thing. It's like oh, a cartoon. Okay. Wow. Essentially. So they made an entire season of this, which in continuity wise, supposedly nixed RoboCop 2 and RoboCop 3 like they didn't exist. Like it just starts right after RoboCop 1. Wow, that's terrible because RoboCop 2 is amazing. I don't know what, maybe it was because... Maybe Frank Miller didn't want... Uh, there could have been. Any of his content in uh, in this fine Canadian uh, production. In the, in the <laughs> RoboCop Canadian universe, maybe. Yeah. What did I read? I read something that it said that it was an alternate reality to uh, the original <sighs> series, which is never a good... That's a cop-out. That, that means that something cool could have happened, but instead they chose Route B, and it's probably going to be something shitty happening. Yeah, it's going to be like, oh, you remember all this really cool... Okay, you and I will say, because I know we've talked off air mm-hmm. about this, you and I both really like all three RoboCop films. They're great. They're, fa- they're some of my favorite sci-fi, um, what you call it, you know, action sci-fi, gory stuff of all time. Especially the original RoboCop might have been one of the first really fucking gory movies I ever saw. I was like eight or nine years old and my dad fell asleep in the couch and he left fucking HBO on and then RoboCop came on <laughs> and, and that opening scene where fucking Murphy gets destroyed. Absolutely it wrecked, wrecked me. Yeah. Like it wrecked me yeah. so hard. Because, yeah. you know, I didn't know, like, you know, and it was pretty, I mean, it's pretty fucked up as an adult, you know, um, let alone, you know, when you're a kid, you're eight or nine years old. It's the first really violent, I think I, think I had seen Nightmare on Elm Street Maybe like the summer before I saw RoboCop somehow. Oh, and, wow. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. And, uh, and that was like, you know, I was like, oh, that's pretty messed up. But then RoboCop was like a big step up to me in terms of like violence. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. Freddy's more of a joke, whereas RoboCop, not so much a joke. No, it's, well, <laughs> I mean, the original RoboCop is. Satirical. Uh, it yeah. is a black comedy. Yeah. I mean, to its core, it's essentially what it is. Right. But it is taken from the cloth of cyberpunk and really gross out underground almost splatterpunk at the same time you know yeah. it 
when it hits those hard notes, it hits those hard notes really fucking extremely hard. Right. And you and you would and you'd say it would be like a dystopian future flick, but it's supposed to take place in the present day. But obviously, it's like an alternate reality. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're yeah. talking about you know a place where there's like you know all this technology that mm-hmm. we obviously didn't have, and well, clearly you can't you can't as far as I know kill a guy and then turn him into a, uh, a cybernetic, cybernetic policeman. Yeah, a cybernetic policeman. What, what do they call? They, did they call him an android in the movie? I'm trying to remember. No, they call him a cyborg. cyborg. That's right. They yeah, did, they which call is him correct, a cyborg. Which is correct. Yeah. So right, because he's part human. So yeah. so yeah. I mean, as far as I know, you can't kill somebody and make a cyborg out of him. I've not never, yet. I've never tried. Maybe the Russians. <laughs> maybe the Russians have. Let's for, not get political here, but yeah, maybe yeah. the Russians. Maybe the Russians have one, and if they do, I'd, I'd like to meet him. Yeah. Uh, unless he's trying to kill me because I'm American, <laughs> then then maybe I don't want to meet him that much. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So you know, obviously, there's like you know, and they have like I remember there's like some medical stuff they talk about that's pretty advanced, like in the first couple. You know what I mean? There's there's things that clearly would not happen. Robocop's gun having unbelievably infinite ammunition. Well, I always took it in, uh, I mean... This is might be kid thinking justification sure, sure. at this point. I did see him the clip once. I always thought that maybe RoboCop and his gun, when he it clipped into his hand, yeah. like there was a, a spot where his hand opened up and there was ammunition oh, inside of his yeah. arm see, that, that would sense. supply into it. And that's what I always thought me yeah. as a kid that, oh, obviously it he never runs out of bullets because his arm is full of bullets and it just keeps pumping them into the gun. And, and there is, is it the third? One, I think it is a third one where he, where he twists, twists his arm off. Oh, he can and, change it off, and, and, then he, and he puts on that amazing yeah. like machine gun yeah. that has also a rocket launcher and a flamethrower. Absolutely, which is fantastic. Which I totally wish I could do in real life. You know, if I could twist my arm <laughs> off and, and just have one of those a hedge know? clipper. So when I'm out doing the the lawn or whatever, yeah. I could just sit and I don't have to run back and forth or plug in a big cord or anything like that. There right, exactly. If all of my if all of my tools I needed to use on a daily basis, I could just like swap my hand or arm yeah. out and then just plug them in like that. That would be way cooler than you know what we do you know so definitely well then my thoughts on the infinite ammo then holds true his body is full of ammunition that's true that's all there is there's nothing else in it he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to shit so there's nothing in that and that's not in there. there's no piss i know he gets fed by baby food so yep. he probably has like the smallest stomach ever you know, Barely any stomach. What yeah. was, that's what I didn't understand because all that was was basically a spinal cord. Yeah. And like the facial tissue, there was no uh, there's no other flesh in his brain. It, and yeah. yeah. So it. it's all like the central nervous system of the the, the brain, the spinal cord in the face. His arms was still kind of like real. They got rid right? of it. Oh, I did. That's Remember, right. oh, that's yeah. when they were putting him together. The one guy they couldn't uh, save it. That's yep. right. Yeah, he's like, no, get rid of it. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Yeah, because that's that that whole surgery scene. I remember seeing that too when I was a kid, being like, "What the fuck?" You know, mm-hmm. like, you're not having an idea. You know, it's like the it's like the six million dollar man to the extreme. You know, instead of like showing all, you know, because in that they didn't show anything. But you know, in RoboCop, it's like, oh, we're just going to show everything, every <laughs> last thing. And I, right. as a kid, I. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I loved it too. Clearly, I mean, I'm 39 now, and I'm still watching this garbage. Dude, so clearly, I didn't like you know rewatching turn away from these. It. Yeah, rewatching these this last month because I went on a tear and I watched all three of them in like a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I rented uh, the new HD versions that are on Amazon, oh, and yeah. I'm sure they're they're from the the new Blu-ray prints mm-hmm. that have just come out recently. RoboCop two. 
is just as fucking dark and and violent. They it's they great. shoot and kill a child in that, and he's like a kingpin. Like the kid is the head of the fucking drug syndicate. The unnecessary surgery they perform on that cop—that's pretty fucked up, you know. I mean, that's it's. I think Robocop Two is fantastic. Yeah. I, just, I just rewatched that. Uh, about maybe three weeks ago in preparation for this. Yeah. Uh, I was going to rewatch the original Robocop, but I literally, every other month probably I watch it. Like, literally, I'm just like, I'm bored. I don't really? feel like, oh, easily. I, I, I mean, like, I have, you know, 6,000 plus movies at home. And but I'm you're like, just going to watch Robocop? I'm just like, ah, I'm lazy. Robocop's right here. <laughs> I'm just throwing it in. Okay, I've seen it a million times. <laughs> and I did not rewatch Robocop 3 because there was a period of time when Showtime or Cinemax, one of those two, had it on. In like, I don't know, it must have been like the late 90s, I'm guessing. Sure, sure. And I literally, I'm not shitting you, I probably watched it every day for a summer. <laughs> because it was just on, and I was not working, I was still living with my parents or whatever, and I was like, well, you know, okay, so there's going to be like, Cats of Deadly Spell is on, and then like mm-hmm. some other bullshit, and then, oh, Robocop 3 again. And so I've seen that movie a hundred times, and I think, I, I think I'm actually worn out, I think I've worn out my, 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 Myself on it to where I still would enjoy it if I watched it, but it wouldn't have the same effects as the other two. You know, those are the other two are just profoundly good movies. They're perfect. You know? They're perfect companion pieces for each other and a, yeah. and a good extension of the story. I think Frank Miller really nails what the first one was about. Yeah, especially it, with part two. I mean, that's really, really a great movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember liking it, but thinking it was inferior to the first one, and now I don't think that anymore. No. I think it's as good as mm-hmm. the first one, and there's some aspects I even like better because it, it in some ways it ups the brutality. Uh, what it doesn't do for me is, I mean, Clarence Boddicker is the character of all characters. Yeah. He kind of he steals the first one, I feel the like. The villains definitely they're aren't all, as good. They're all, right, and Kane is good, but you don't get as much Kane time as you'd hope for. Nope. You know? Especially when he turns into the, uh, when he turns into the, you know, the cyber Robocop 2. Robocop yeah. 2. Yeah, like you yeah. get like maybe 20 solid minutes of him doing stuff. And it was pretty, I remember it's it's good. seeing that, thinking that was really freaky with it, with the, you know, the lawnmower man, virtual reality face yes. on the screen and all that shit. That is so, that is so 90s in the best possible way. That is just, you know. It holds up. Yeah. Watching it now, it holds up extremely well. It like does. everything, the stop motion animation is super charming oh, it's still. Oh, great, Yeah. It looks awesome. And then part three, which is probably the one I've watched the least, sure. and I've only ever seen on VHS. I've I've had, and I have it sitting on my TV stand yeah. right now, <laughs> and that's why I decided, you know what? No, I need to see the new like HD cut of yeah. this, and it was on Amazon. It was dirt cheap, and it was like a brand new movie. Really? Oh, God. Wow. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, but- You've convinced me. I'll watch it. Oh, I want to see the HD one. You it's know. great. It's, it's great I would guy. definitely recommend renting it on Amazon at least. But um, I will for sure. The the thing I'll say about the three movies before we get back to talking about the um, the TV show here is that the first two are great. The second one is more comedy yeah, than the first I one think is, that's true. which is I kind of like. Yeah, it's a little more self aware. I yeah. agree. Yeah, and it didn't completely ape the first movie, which no, I really love. The third one, the only reason that it's slightly down from the first two is that what happened with the production really drags it down. Like the acting is not that great, but I also think. The production of like the people they got to act and what they were given to do kind of is pretty weak. Like they just don't deliver and the music in it makes it sound really cheesy all the time. That's true. The script is great. The um 
I thought the guy who played RoboCop did a great job. Premise was premise was good, yeah, and he and he almost looks like Peter Weller. So I think I mean, he does, and he does yeah. all the mo- movements. Other than the fact, I don't know if you've noticed this in that movie, he walks around with one arm like up the entire time. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, I don't, I didn't understand why he wasn't wa- like with his arms down by right. his sides. It's always up in this weird, awkward position when he's shooting, when he's walking, when yeah. he's doing anything. He's like. What is, the fuck uh, is that? Is the third in the third movie because it's been a, it's been a little while since I've seen it. Uh, and his partner gets killed, yes. right? Yeah, pretty much right in the beginning. If I'm not like in the fir- at least first or second act. Yeah, first, yeah. Because yeah. I remember that being kind of shocking. Like the first time I saw, it, like, wow, I didn't really think they would kill her off. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, but I guess you know she's only human, unlike RoboCops. So you know, she's got to <laughs> die at some point. I think the thing that kills it for me with the third one the most, is, you know, the story's fine. I don't, and I think the the OCP human bad guy is decent in yeah. it. Like I, I think he's he's pretty he's pretty um sh- like pretty much a, a, plays a good shithead. But um, I wasn't a huge fan of the the fucking robotic ninjas. Ninjas, uh, yeah. Okay, so Eric, they're okay. This is where we're gonna differ. Okay. Like this on paper, yeah. you got RoboCop. He gets a jetpack. He has a fucking arm that detaches and becomes like a rocket the launcher. The jetpack is amazing. He fights fucking ninja robots. That's true. That's true. When you put it that way, yes. But it, it, it's one of those things where it sounds cooler than it kind of is. Well, that's, like I said, it's mostly because you get the stereotypical when the ninjas come on string. It's yeah. like, ding, 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 ding. Totally. You know that total racist <laughs> bullshit oh, yeah. music that oh, gets yeah. put over top it's, of it? Uh, it's very, yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> I don't even know the word I would use for it. It's, it's so... At the same time, you know, every time I've seen that movie and I know that's coming, it still seems like it comes out of left field to me because it's like he's fighting ninjas and the fight is completely ridiculous. But it is, I mean, it's still entertaining. In in no way is RoboCop, should he win against these ninjas? Absolutely not. Way overpowered. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, RoboCop, who has very limited mobility. Right. I mean, he can't really turn. He can't really. Semi-mobile human-sized tank. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. And these cyborg ninjas look very agile. Have swords that can cut through anything. Right. Yet they never cut him until the final right. battle where they cut off his one detachable arm. Right, right. Which is, and and the, that's only at like, you know, the, that, that part of his uh, suit that's actually fairly prone to getting destroyed, yeah. you know, because they did it in the second one when they when they cut him open and cut him in half. They, they had to go through the, the the black part that's not as tough as the whatever metal, I think they said titanium. but that's, Something like that. Well, it reflects all the bullets and all yeah. the damage that he takes. I mean, the like, there's barely anything that hurts him ever, yeah. you know. I mean, I think, you know, at 209's must have like 50 cal bullets or something that go mm-hmm. through it. And then, you know, the rockets, obviously, he doesn't do too well with those. But other than that, you know, no, no average street weapons seem to do anything to him, you know. Well, even the, like the army, when the army's sitting there shooting him, when yeah. because in every single one of the movies, he right. comes out of a building and the entire police force and army are hanging out, getting OCP orders to, right. to, to totally destroy him. Cop. Right, and they can and barely never, hurt him. And it never kills him. Never. Well, in, in the second one, I totally forgot about this scene until I rewatched it where the fucking kid shoots him in the fucking face yes. like right and like he like fucks him up for a second with like a cuz he shoots him with like a desert eagle which you know it's either a 44 or a, it should go right it's either through a 44 him. or a 50 cal so yeah. so you know getting shot point blank in the fucking face you know whether you're robocop or not with that would be no fun at all and it clearly fucks him up so but it didn't go through so was, it, it, when that scene happened when he shot it, it almost was like 
when you somebody puts a metal bowl over your head right. and you, you ding it with a hammer or exactly. something like that. And he's like, so, yeah, then he's all yeah. weird, right? Yeah, which was kind of comedic in a way because then he started having a fucking flashback yeah. about his fucking wife, which that's the other thing that, that he becomes a stalker in, in part two he where does. he's stalking his wife. Yeah, that poor lady, you know, you got to feel bad for her. Like, if, imagine if like. Your significant other was like turned into a fucking cyborg, just hunks left of him, mostly just a face, yeah. and like now he like you know kills people for a living essentially, <laughs> and and by the by, at the behest of the uh, corporate police force, yes, exactly. and but he remembers you and is probably still wants you. It and, hangs outside of your place in a police car right, every single day, watching. Right, right. That's not normal. That's not good behavior. So, so okay, so I am warming up to this being a horror movie now. It, it, well, it's it, there's that element right there. I mean, that's it's. It's a it's a erotic thriller. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so are we saying that he has a detachable penis? Uh, he, if he could if he could put a fucking rocket launcher on his arm, he could put a, like a robotic dildo. I'm on sure there he can. Arm. That's the, I'm sure that if he went to like you know the people that take care of him at the fucking station is like listen. I'm going to fuck my wife. It's, it's going to happen one know, way or another. I know we're losing a lot of funding right now, but yeah. I got an idea to run past you that could bring in some extra cash. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to use my arm for something other than violence. Yep. Yep. For for the better good of all, all all people that like dildos in, in Detroit City. Right. And I have to wonder, now that, now that I'm thinking about this, do you think RoboCop still gets horny? I mean, he's got no dick. He's barely got anything else going on. I assume he has nothing feeling like most of the way. I mean, no. you know, but he still has his brain. So in his mind, he knows that. I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't know. That's for a, a greater mind. We didn't even say this, but Amy's with us. My girlfriend, Amy, decided to join us in this excursion where we're going to watch all day. We're going to watch all four made for TV Canadian RoboCop films, and she's seen a part of part one, but never seen anything else. What do you think about RoboCop having feelings and possibly getting horny? <laughs> well, first of all, I was invited to watch RoboCop. When I said yes, I was told it was a Canadian knockoff RoboCop, and I already agreed. By, by now, hon, you should realize that I'm never going to watch anything other than dirt trash on this podcast. an enjoyable movie, but... Um, you know, if he's stalking his wife and still has a brain or part of a brain, and he's he's probably at least a little interested. So, how do you think robotically they? He ha I, I, okay. So I'm thinking kind of like you've seen The Shape of Water, right? Uh, I have not. Okay, uh, I don't want. Okay, I don't want to ruin this. I know there's. I know about the one scene because she she it got ruined. Yeah, the yeah. the chick fucks this. The, the, the fish monster. Yeah, the fish yeah. monster oh, the entire time. And his dick is hidden by a plate. That oh. That's supposedly how it works. RoboCop must have, on the black section, a section where that, like, goes up and then either has a gun dick or... <laughs> oh, man. So yes. you think you've got the, the gun dick, like, from from Dustal Dawn yes. that Savini has? <laughs> like oh, man. Machine. You know, here's the thing. I'm going to ask... <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm going to Wasteland in April, so I'm going to – if Savini's there, because he's always there, yeah. um, I'm going to be like, so I have, a, I have a thing I want to discuss with you about your gun dick. And, and I'm like, do you know Peter Weller? 
can you ask him for me? Does RoboCop <laughs> have a gun dick? Adam Cervini is going to be really nice about it because he's always really friendly to his fans. <laughs> Super friendly to yeah. his fans. I bet it to be fair. I met him once and he was very friendly yeah. after I paid him his money. So that's cool. It's fine. <laughs> so, so it's fine. But oh. but this time I'm going to pay him and then I'm going to be like, so your gun dick. <laughs> Tell me more. To which he tells you to fuck right off. Right. He'll be like, get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. So, so Amy, you have zero thoughts. You've tell us about RoboCop. What, how have you seen it? Have you seen it? Oh, I've seen the first one. I don't remember anything about it. And listening to you guys reminisce, I I don't remember any of it. Oh, this should be fun because you're going to be watching for me. Let's get back to the story. I started way before you and I went way off the rails about this. So, so they made this TV series and then it got canceled. And after yeah. that, just like what Sony's been doing with Spider-Man for many, many years, oh, is they yeah. keep making new Spider-Man movies yeah. to hold on to the licensing rights. Ruining Spider-Man in the process. But Yep. So they had the, they were about to lapse on the licensing rights of RoboCop for TV. So they decided to make a new series. And this time... Uh, the same actor who played RoboCop in the TV series came back, but only agreed to come back if they went back to the roots of it being a dark, satirical, ultra-violent kind of thing. Yeah. So he came back, and they essentially acted like the TV series never happened. Which is probably fine, because, I, I, I mean, I don't remember any of it. I, I mean, I remember it being a thing. Mm-hmm. I remember it being around, but I don't think I ever watched it, which is kind of strange to think about, because I watched so much garbage in yeah. the 90s. And I loved RoboCop, I still do. So why I never latched on to it? I mean, I, I think even back then I probably was like, I'm not going to like this. I don't want it to. I don't want it to ruin you what I have. At, you know? I mean, look at these DVDs we have. And <sighs> I, how they look in, so shitty. They look so terrible. <laughs> yeah, they they like, look like the kind of stuff <laughs> that you would find in dollar bins. Yeah, and, and Lionsgate released. Well, I did. I I, fought, I got two of these in a family video. Rest in peace, patron member, Patreon members of my podcast heard Mark and I talk about on the last <laughs> bonus episode the fact that my family video, my local family video, went out of business and had a liquidation sale, That's and awesome. we're selling movies for like twenty five fifty cents. Man. So I picked up two of these. For 50 cents a piece. (laughs) So that's mostly on this podcast. One of the main reasons why I we cover any of the movies that I ever cover on the show is because I finally get copies of them. Yeah. It's not because I just stumble across things streaming. It's because I usually get physical copies of these things. I'm like and I feel and this is old school, school guilt and old school mentality. I feel an obligation to watch anything I have a hard copy of. I I, I want to say I feel the same way, but I'm also a hoarder. So and when, <laughs> and when you have and when you have as many movies as I do in my house, I'm not going to lie. I've seen probably sixty percent of the movies I own, which is not great, but better than it should be considering how many I do own. So so, but you're right. With these though, if I paid money for these. 
I would want to watch them, but they look like like if you slapped an asylum logo on them. Oh yeah, I'd be like, holy shit! Oh yeah, you know, I'd be like, this makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Or if like if there was like a York label on the side or something, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh god! Somehow they somehow they got the rights to Robocop, or they could be called like These you are know Turkish, right? The, yeah. the Turks fucking did it again. Totally. Or they could be like Robert Robert Police Officer, and I'd be like Robert Cop. <laughs> Robert Cop. Robert Cop. I've always wanted one of those Robert so, Cop. Those are balls. so great. I've always wanted one too. But yeah. Yeah, these, I mean, these are like that level looking at least, but you know, I got to say, and I'm just going to read this here real quick. I'll disclaim, but I was, I'm on IMDB reading the dark justice uh, synopsis. It actually kind of, the way they worded this sounds great. Here, I'll read it real quick. Okay. 13 years after the original RoboCop, Delta City, now considered to be the safest place on Earth, has become a futuristic city owned and operated by OCP and RoboCop, Alex Murphy. Wait, wait, owned by RoboCop? Well, sorry, this was, this is, they worded this kind of shitty. Okay. So, operated by OCP, which should be a period. Okay. RoboCop now beginning to feel his age, finds himself nearly obsolete and must deal with the fact that his now grown son James is an OCP executive. Oh, interesting. Unaware that his father's still alive. So, um, and then it goes into the rest of it. I don't, I don't want to spoil it yeah, too much. But that, yeah, yeah. but that's that's kind of an interesting angle. I never would have thought of yeah. something that, that deep, you know? Like, his son is with OCP, and probably, I'm sure his mom was, was you know, wasn't going to be like, hey, your, your fucking dad is like, you know, three chunks of meat and no dick. <laughs> like, Wait, a robot dick, Eric. He's got a robot dick. He's got a robot dick and he drives around and harasses me uh, from afar and I'm in therapy for it, but, <laughs> but you know, happy birthday. <laughs> it does sound good. Now, the original TV series supposedly was written by the people that wrote the first RoboCop. Oh, okay. So hmm. this this series, though, this four-part miniseries, um, which are presented as four feature-length films, but it actually was a miniseries that played uh, on Canadian TV. That makes sense. These weren't written by those guys. They were just written by some Canadian assholes that, you know... Supposedly, probably- Astro Radio Z contributor uh, Scott Davis told me he used to talk to one of the writers on an old horror message board. Really? Yeah. I'd be curious to know what he had to say about his involvement in these. Well, I mean, I've been trying to get the name out of him so I could bring him on the podcast uh, to talk to him about be, these after we watch that these. That would be fantastic. I would love to talk to him, especially, I'm sure. Because if he had involvement in more than one of these, even better. And, All of them, supposedly. Okay, okay. All, well, it's a TV series, so I'm guessing oh, they yeah, wrote the entire plot out. And sure. then, yeah, that makes is perfect what it sense. is. Yeah. So that'd be, yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious. I mean, and obviously, you know, he'll listen to this and hear us badmouthing these in advance. But who knows? We might watch these and Eric, be like, and be like, these are amazing pieces of cinema. Why did they never get released? You know, in America, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I, I, I don't anticipate that would be the, uh, the outcome. I'm going in with a bad, I'm going in with a bad attitude. I'm going in very optimistic about okay. this. And and another thing I want to tell you, yeah, which yeah. you may not be aware of, okay. is that. I've been doing this podcast now. This podcast, Astro Radio Z, has been a thing since 2009. Okay. I've been doing this podcast since uh, 2012. And over the course of that, I've dogged many, many movies and then brought those directors on my show. And and in some cases, um, one example is uh, Mel House, who's the director of Witchcraft 13, which I necessarily wasn't – I mean, I – I dogged the movie, but I also didn't think it was the worst thing I had ever seen. Yeah. I brought him on, did an interview, 
And the dude is one of the nicest dudes on earth. And he's a contributor over at the, all the gimmicks group. Oh, nice. He posts all the time. That's so awesome. very nice dude. Still making some great movies out there. If you haven't seen the psychic experiment that he nice. did. No. Pick that one up. That okay. fucker's wild. Okay. Well, I'm going to watch that thing then. I think people that make movies at this level, especially this far out now, um, a lot of them have humility and have yeah. humor about this kind of thing. I would assume you have It is to, as yeah. long as, because the point of this podcast is not to just sit and shit on stuff. Like, no, no, I don't no. want to. We genuinely, when we see this, we're like, holy fuck, I want to watch these goddamn things. Well, I mean, we're spending however many hours watching these. I wouldn't do that if I didn't have an interest and if I didn't like trash. Uh, you see my movie collection. Yeah. It's all trash. You yeah. know, I like garbage. I, you know, there's a reason I have almost all the fucking Radon movies and they're literally <laughs> unwatchable. Like, and I, but I still watch them all the fucking time because I don't know. Something's wrong with my brain. You know? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think you just have a larger capacity than most to sit and For garbage, right? And watch this stuff. I mean, you know, someone wants to talk about, oh, I watched the Lighthouse last year. It's good. Like, well, I watched, you know, Desert Snow, and that thing was pretty <laughs> shitty, but I also liked it a lot. I also had a really good time. Yeah. So, so having said that, I genuinely would. I'm more interested to hear about these no budget productions and hear how they came into fruition and right. the the trials and tribulations of the people that made them. So that's why I think when I have some of these directors on, they're very responsive to this because you know they nobody asks them they right. they only ever get relegated to you made this horrible piece of shit obviously yeah. you're a hack you right. have nothing to say and nothing worthwhile to give to humanity and that's bullshit yeah. these people more than likely were had so much stacked up against them oh, to sure. make this movie that you're just going to sit and laugh at right. that that's not fair to them. Right. They're people. They fucking made this shit. Oh, absolutely. Unless it's Fetty Alvarez and the Evil Dead remake. Fuck that guy. Well, Fuck yeah. that fucking. That's movie. totally fine. I, I'm on board with that completely. But no, you're <laughs> right. I mean, I, I mean, that's true. It's it, and that, and I thought about that more, especially because you know, as I've gotten more into movies and talking movies, you know, like my good friend uh, Jason Stevenson. Yes. Um, you know him, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, he's from uh, Minneapolis and. We both watched a movie recently called Armageddon Boulevard, which had Julie Strain and Robert Whoa. Zadar and... Uh, who made this? Uh, well, it was, I'm not sure who directed it. Uh, Scott Shaw was in it, too. Oh, wow. Uh, so HV Films released it in 1998. So I think it was made in the 90s. But in any event, I watched it, and I thought it was one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen. <laughs> and in the Zadar parts, it did not save it. Like, there were, like You could tell they just shot some scenes with him and put him in afterwards. And, and the whole movie had some other lady, not Julie strain although she was naked in it for a bit but oh, some other movie literally walking around completely naked the whole time i saw a butthole i saw everything i i and literally almost just spit out my fucking drink <laughs> all yeah. over the place and so they you know butthole so you know that you know that i should have liked this film based on, on the, that fact alone but i didn't and so i was talking to my friend jason about it i'm like man that movie sucked ass and he's, he's like you know i as a guy who's made movies who's had tons of different ideas that you've started shooting and that never yeah. cut together he's like yeah. that's what this movie is it's some this guy, whoever this was, put a bunch of like their ideas together in yeah. a film that makes no sense. They wanted to get a product out there to have some sort of representation of them, you know, uh, in the cinematic world. And I get that. It's like yeah. the same almost with music. You know, sometimes you you have you an know, idea and you just want to see if it works or not. Right. And sometimes somebody out there is going to respond to it. Right. Sometimes you get, you know, awesome stuff. Like I'm sure when Beharit were teenagers, they weren't like, oh, this record is going to be like the most awesome, revered black metal thing. They're like, this is just cool. Yeah. And then sometimes you end up with fucking Lulu by Metallica. Uh, Lou Reed <laughs> and you know you get an idea and it just goes the worst way or, or you know it goes uh, uh, some way that you don't expect so I could see that being the same with films because obviously 
like I don't know. I'm, I'm jumping around here. The guy who made things, you know, yeah, Barry oh Gillis. yeah, Bailey Gillis. I, I'm sure he Which never did had. You, did you see the new one got released? I Wicked did. World? I watched it. Oh, you watched it? I did. I got oh, it. Oh, save that for another time. Don't I tell will. me about it. I won't it. tell you I, anything. I, I want to. I watched the Red Letter Media review of it. Yeah, and I cannot wait to fucking see that movie. It's it's fucking insane. It's all I'll say. All right. So all right, I won't go right. too far into that because it's another tangent. But what I was going to say about Barry Gillis, I'm sure when he made things, he wasn't like, oh man, I'm making the next you know groundbreaking no. landmark film. I'm sure he was just like, this is what I have interest in doing this weekend. I'm going to make this film. You know, yeah. I think it took a month or whatever. I'm giving, I'm not giving him credit, but sure, yeah, yeah. but you know, but I mean, maybe he saw like Deadly Spawn or something or Abomination or whatever on that time. It was like, I want to make shit like this, and I totally get that. You know, yeah. and it's just you know, it, it it all kind of stems from that, and you know, you do the best you can with what you have and you know and but nowadays that that's a movie people want you know i mean a certain yeah. subsection of you know i mean it, it, it's got you know blu-ray releases and all that stuff so i mean clearly there's a subsection of horror fans out there that want to see this and movie fans that want to see cinema like that you know yep. there's always going to be the mainstream garbage we're all going to see non-stop yep. that, you know like i mean you know everybody's going to see hereditary if, if it, you know at some point because of what it is of course but it's a totally different you know thing i would rather watch something that just has you know the low budget quality, the from the from the what they can do at the moment thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of you know, I don't watch a lot of you know newer movies. I give them shots. I try to. Yeah, I really want to yeah. see the lighthouse, but it's not something I actively seek out too much. You know what I mean? Because I still like stuff from years ago. Or, you know, when people are like younger and like you know yeah. maybe a little more maybe a little more like into something and excited and you know less you know I mean a little more naive in a way. You know, well, I also think you in and I way. are both metalheads, right? And I think inherently metalheads and people that are into punk and people are into like fringe things get turned off by polished corporate entertainment. Agreed. Agreed. And we're always seeking something that's a little more abrasive and a little less refined. More real. Yep, more real. And, and that, I mean, we are going to watch these made-for-TV movies, which of are definitely corporate shill They machines, exist. But, yeah, they exist. That's a good way to put it. They exist. But at the same time, we're always looking for something that's not of the norms, which exactly. brings us to this whole idea of, like, if, if I can find the makers of anybody that was involved in these, I would love to talk to them and bring them on. The, I'm sure they recognize these for what they are. If you can get the guy who played RoboCop in this thing to be on, I would love to talk to him. I, I, I have so many questions. <laughs> and I'm going to have more after I watch these. Oh, I'm sure. So what we're going to do here, listeners, today is uh, obviously this huge rambly preamble here that we just had <laughs> we're going to actually watch these movies today and then after we watch each of them we're going to stop and we're going to talk about them and then watch the next one so it's this is going to be an entire thing you're going to get the whole experience of us watching four made for tv canadian robocop so films. excited Eric's excited. I'm super excited. Amy, you look less than excited. I'm just hoping it's better than Gunblast. Oh, Gunblast was awesome, dude. I, I and you watched. The, I, I still have to watch the other ones that the Nick, the other Nick Millard. Uh, Eric, movies. you and I need to have uh, an episode where we do a Nick Millard retrospective because I went right. on to watch the re not to go off on another wild tangent. I watched all of the action. 57 Magnum. Yep, and all I watched stuff. all of it, and they were. <sighs> Phenomenal, man. And I thought Gun Blast was very, very good. I love Death Nurse. I love uh, Criminally Insane, yeah. Big Fat Ethel. Yeah. All that stuff is great, I think. I mean, so Nick Millard, you know, is he still alive? Did he die? Did I he think die? he's still, I think he's still alive. 
Oh, I'd have to look that up. Oh, so let's yeah. leave that for another time. Let's look yeah. that up while we're sitting here. But yes, folks. So the first movie we're going to watch, because this is the order to which these supposedly go. The first movie is RoboCop Dark Justice. The second movie is RoboCop Meltdown. The third one is RoboCop Resurrection. And the fourth and final movie or episode of this miniseries is RoboCop Crash and Burn. So uh, you guys, we're going to take a break. And you can listen to some of my wonderful contributors to Astro Radio Z tell you about a, a myriad of insanely weird shit. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the first made-for-TV RoboCop film, Dark Justice. So stick around. Top shelf? Mm, that's nice and all, but I prefer the bottom rack. Hello. And welcome to the bottom rack. I'm Daniel. My name's Daniel, but my friends call me Daniel, Dan, or whatever you want to call me. It just rolls off the tongue. Daniel. So anyway, I watch movies that you might generally find on the bottom shelf. Maybe at your local Walmart, Dollar General, Kmart, if those are still around. Anyway, bottom shelf entertainment for your top shelf lifestyle. <laughs> and boy, have I got one for you today. There is no rest for the wicked, and buddy, have I been pretty wicked, I guess. <laughs> I found one. Seem like I've seen this one. All right. The name of the movie is Dark Descent. Now, this one's kind of funny. It's Dark Descent. It's also, that was the original title. The other title is Descent into Darkness. This is from 2002. It's a action, adventure, sci-fi, or whatever. Now, I'm going to date myself, but not really kind of sort of, but all right. It's aquatic horror Kind of sort of cashing in on the uh, the Abyss or Deep Star 6. That's that's the feel you get off of this, okay? <laughs> but I digress. We'll get into we'll get into the specifics of that. Stars Dean Cain and nobody else matters. No one cares. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it stars Dean Cain, somebody named Scott Wiper, Biliana. Petrinska, and I'll get to that as the significance of that name. And William Zabka was actually in there. Uh, it's pretty cool. It was kind of cool seeing, especially if you're a Cobra Kai fan. It's pretty cool seeing William Zabka in there. So anyway, we got Dark Descent, aka Descent into Darkness. Now, if you find this thing, which I did on Amazon Prime, I've had it on my watch list. It's called Dark Descent. So let's get right into why I put this film in my queue and in my watch list. I'm going to click this here, uh, cover arts. So we can take a look at it. It says right up at the top in your generic, it's not bank Gothic, but it's one of those generic Gothic fonts. It says Dean Kane. And then you've got like this submersible suit with spotlight flashlight things and like an undersea base in the background. And then it says dark descent, hold your breath. <laughs> I mean, and that's it. It's, <laughs> it's, it yeah, you, you can't get any simpler than that. This thing was made for a discount bin at a Dollar General. It just, it is what it is. It, in fact, I may in my subconscious remember seeing the VHS on this, I guess. It's 2002, so I'm not sure if this was ever on VHS. It had to be, regardless. This thing felt like a made-for-TV flick. 
and it may actually have been. There's not really much of a synopsis on this thing, and I'll. <laughs> there's another point that I'll get to. The synopsis you're going to get on IMDb, I mean, it's not even worth putting some music. Maybe I can put like some underwater stuff or like some something like that. And so, but I can uh, I can give this away. Maybe if I narrate the synopsis that's given on IMDb like this. Deep in the Mariana Sea Trench, a corporate underwater mining complex has been built. An industrial Atlantis. That's about it. And that was also a horrible Sean Connery. But guess what? Have you seen the movie Outland? Then you've seen this. You remember Outland was Sean Connery in space that you also coincidentally happened to see in the discount bin at the Dollar General, the Family Dollar, or any of your dollar stores. And uh, you'd see, I think it was like the Good Times logo would be on there, whatever. And it looked like really cool. But you watch it and it kind of sort of wasn't. I mean, it was, but not really. It led you to believe it was like, going to be something and it was actually kind of brilliant it led you to believe it was going to be like this sci-fi alien monster thing and it just ended up being like a crime story your typical like charles bronson crime story only it took place in space all right that's this that is dark descent love it or leave it <laughs> i mean seriously you if it's if that's your jam, you'll probably like it. Well, maybe. But just be aware going into that that it's it's not what it makes it look like it is. Okay. So that we get the box art. And, I mean, I'll just decide uh, at the end of this. We'll decide whether we love it or leave it or whatnot. It has your... I made some notes watching this. It was... I mean, seriously, this thing was forgettable. So please forgive me because I forgot. Like, like seriously, it just... Dean Cain's a cop. In an under, it's like an underwater, like the abyss or uh, Deep Star Six. No, more like Deep Star Six, that underwater like habitatish thing, kind of so, maybe sort of like the theme park from Jaws Three. So anyway, you got this underwater habitat, and Dean Kane is a cop, and you got like a bunch of, or say a bunch. There's like gang activity going on in this underwater habitat. And Dean Kane is aware of it, and so he's just your rough and tumble cop trying to keep things on the up and up. But he knows there's certain vices going on. But one of there's a gang, and I forget the guy's name, and I think it's just so painfully original, like Vladimir or something, <laughs> is the gang leader. And he's gets busted or something like that and sent away while he's coming back. And it's just a whole lot of talk about. It's just, seriously, it's just forgettable. It is, it's almost boring right up until something actually happens, which in basically is when the dude Vladimir, the gang guy, comes back. You know that Dean Kane is like he's a wanted man. He's got a mark on him, so the Vladimir is coming back to kill him. And that's about it. And so you have a whole bunch. There's a whole lot of Ukrainians in this flick. Like it's a Ukrainian flick, so that explains like why you've got people named Biliana Petrinsky and other stuff. Uh, Julian Vergov, Ivyalo Demchev, Valentin Ganyev, Plemen Manasyev, Vladimir Kolev. It's like everybody in this flick because they're all Ukrainian because it was a Ukrainian film. And that's about it. And I'm not saying anything bad. It's just, it's, it's a... <laughs> It's just not a good film. It's just not huge, but it's just, yeah, it is what it is. All right. The standard soundtrack, what I always listen for in it, it's, it's standard Kmart music. Like, it's just your generic synthy standard, 
what you would expect from a mid to late 90s budget DVD made for TV movie. But I do have to say Dean Kane is actually a pretty cool actor. You can tell that he is way better <laughs> than this film. Let's just say he he is way better than this. It, he helps the film. That's not I, I I don't want to say that this film was terrible. Please forgive me if I'm giving that impression. It just it was just just it was just a normal regular film. Not the great day. Another one. Three point six Rumpkin. Not great. Not terrible. Uh, I have a note here about the. Oh yeah, there's a, a birthday party going on, and there's a dadgum party favor horn. Like there's a Dean Kane's character, the he's going into. There's a birthday party going on, and they're blowing a birthday party horn, and that sound effect was really pissing me off. So if you watch this film, you'll remember that. Remember the birthday party favor horn. Uh, yep, the movie has Dean Kane and a bunch of Russians, as you can see. I mean, it's like <laughs> these are the notes I made. <laughs> and oh, there was a really cool effect. All right. As this movie is progressing, eventually, I mean, I told you that you got the gang activity. People are evacuating off of this, the deep sea habitat because Dean Kane has basically set it up where he's going to go. He knows the Russian gang gangsters are coming for him. So he's going to evacuate everybody and he's going to fight them. That's it. And so, like, the last third of the movie is basically cat and mouse with Dean Kane walking through the corridors and then those Ukrainians with machine guns walking through the corridors trying to find each other and kill each other. While doing that, there was a pretty cool scene with a, a water jet and, like, water pressure and, like, a water jet shoots through this dude's chest, shoots through his heart and kills him. It was really freaking cool. It's hard to explain other than that it was pretty awesome. And I I will give it that. I have never seen that. Ever. The only the closest thing I could think of was that is it the Sherlock Holmes story where the bullets were ice where the guy used ice bullets and like shot him and they couldn't find any they couldn't find the killer they couldn't find the weapon all they found was a puddle of water and they come it was because he was using ice and i think they even copied that idea in an episode of csi that's neither here nor there that doesn't matter what does matter is i watched dark descent starring dean kane and i honestly have to tell you kind of past this one i mean really it's on amazon prime if you'd like to watch it but as you can hear from this rambling though brilliant monologue it was pretty forgettable it just it just wasn't all there man i'm sorry sad sorry to say it and kind of saddened but i mean it didn't really blow my socks off or nothing like that it just so much so that i can like i can give away the plot because it really wasn't one and if you've seen outland just watch that because it's got sean connery in space uh i mean you know dean kane Versus Sean, I don't, I don't know which way you lean because they're both fine looking men. So I mean, it's however you want to do that. It was a pretty cool, hot looking uh, Ukrainian chick in there though. So that was kind of nice. And I mean, just other than that, Williams Abka. So I mean, he's badass. He didn't kick anyone's ass though. So that's probably a good thing. But anyway, this has been Dark Descent, another episode of the Bottom Rack. Thank you very much for listening, and I will holler at y'all later. Bye. You are listening to Astro Radio Z.
again has a new attitude. Technology is your friend. Crime has a new look. You're bold, baby. And the most unstoppable crime fighter in the universe. You may want to fasten your seatbelts. He's back. All systems are functioning. But now, he's got company. General I, you're coming with me. And the city will never be the same. I thought you said this guy was friendly. Robocop Prime Directives, featuring four hot new titles. Dark Justice, Meltdown, Resurrection, Crash and Burn. Look for them on DVD and video. Well, dear listeners, we just got done watching the first of four made-for-TV RoboCop movies called Prime Directives. It was a TV series that made four feature-length episodes, and the first one was Dark Justice. Now, um, this first movie, this is the plot that uh, at least Plex has on it because we're watching this on Plex. We have the DVDs. But uh, because it's easy for us, we're just watching it on the Plex. And here's uh, the plot of this first RoboCop movie, which supposedly takes place 10 years after the first film. It doesn't necessarily completely negate the original series, but it doesn't really acknowledge the second two films. Right. It seems to, it seems to just go right from the original and kind of go from there. I mean, yeah, otherwise I'd, I'm hoping that somehow they're going to reference Kane or Nuke or something like that in, in this thing, but I'm feeling probably not. No, probably not. Yeah. So here's, here's the plot of this first film. Ten years after becoming RoboCop, Alex Murphy finds his grown son, James, is an executive at Omni Consumer Products and doesn't know he is alive. RoboCop must also deal with his former partner, John T. Cable, being in charge of security at Delta City. Now, listeners, this series takes place, as we said, 10 years after. And the the thing that, you know, we've been hinted at through the entire first trilogy was this Delta City, this this huge, you know, metropolis utopia that OCP was going to build for Detroit and eliminate all old Detroit. It was supposed to be this paradise amongst you know, metropolitan areas. This series takes place after Delta City has been made, even though you wouldn't know it. It doesn't look any different than a couple, you know, cheesy soap opera sets. But right. I mean, you don't really ever see anything other than a CGI tower, the entire thing. But anyways, right. this take actually takes place in Delta City. 
Meanwhile, a new threat has emerged for Delta City, a crime wave launched by Bone Machine. <laughs> we'll talk about Bone Machine in a little Terrible bit. Terrible name. Bone Machine is is the big bad of this show. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not a, and that's a terrible name for a villain, I think. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just very, it's very uncreative. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, but I guess it's it's fine. I mean, this is also, I have to wonder if this is referencing any, because it didn't Dark Horse... I seem to recall Dark Horse had some comics oh, of RoboCop yeah, from the definitely. '90s, so I'm wondering if they're taking some of that tone and throwing that in too, because those were, those were my, this reminded me for some reason of like the one or two of them that I read mm-hmm. that had that same kind of like, kind of on the nose, cheesy, yeah, thing. yeah, which I mean is fine. So I'm not going to begrudge the name of it, whatever. You know, it, it's kind of it was cutesy in the in the design of Bone Machine, this guy who has. Two gun turrets for hands, right? And has a skull mask. Yeah, that's probably about what you'd call a guy like that, I guess. Yeah, it's about this, you know, you know, head, you know, tail in the nose, whatever. Uh, dead accurate. So, so that's our big bad here. Um, Robocop and Cable's investigation reveals a connection to the trust a group of OCP executives looking to take over the company. Making things worse, James is about to be brought into the trust by Cable's ex-wife, Sarah. Now, the vast majority of this movie is John Cable. The trust reprogram RoboCop at the very end to terminate Cable before the investigation exposes them. Cable only has one chance to get through to RoboCop's human side before he blows him away. But this causes conflicts within RoboCop, which can lead to his destruction. Now, Amy... Seeing how this may be, in fact, the first RoboCop film you've actually watched in its entirety. God, so sad. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I, I, I can't believe that. that oh. When I signed up, I thought that's what we were watching. <laughs> so having said that, watching the first episode or the first movie, however you want to look at this series we're going to watch today, what did you think of Dark Justice? Oh, that was fun. Plastic RoboCop and Bone Machine? <laughs> it's perfect. It was perfect. Why why do you say it's perfect? <laughs> it was so bad. I, it was it was good. RoboCop's real sneaky too. <laughs> as sneaky as a three-ton robot that clanks every time he he walks and it makes right. a footstep. Well, and this although this one's made of plastic, so I, I'm not quite sure he's, you know, three thousand pounds. Plus he's Four foot nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's can we can oh, we talk man. before we get into the plot, which <laughs> is this jump, is yeah. this is super plot heavy. Let's yeah. let's describe this version of the RoboCop character, Eric. Let's talk about the fact that RoboCop is literally four foot nine in this. I mean, I can't believe when he's like walking up to those executives or whatever in that one scene, and he's like. Easily like a foot shorter than them. And I'm like, Robocop's supposed to be gigantic. Yeah. Like, and he looks like mini Robo or oh, something, you know? He's there just- was that one scene where he's sitting, you know, the typical scene where he's um, every night he goes to the basement lab where he gets, you know, diagnostics done. Yeah. And, and there's always a lab technician there working on yeah. him and all this. He hops off of the chair <laughs> and is noticeably about a half foot shorter than the old female 
lab technician right. that's working on it. Right, him. right. Yeah, it's, it's, it was absurd. I was like, am I seeing this? Like, <laughs> it's, it's Whittle. He's really Whittle, you know? Like, it's unbelievable. Um, but I was reading about that, the guy who plays Robocop in this movie, and he, he did a couple things that I really enjoyed back uh, back when. He was in he was in the movie uh, um, American Nightmare, which is a Canadian, G- they call it a Canadian Giallo from like 1981, okay. which is crazy. And then he was in the movie Humongous, which yeah. I like because it's basically like Anthropophagus Light, you know. Oh, big time. It's pretty much an Anthropophagus yeah. ripoff, you know, and it's – but. Those two things notwithstanding, um, and he did a ton of TV that whatever, but all those things notwithstanding, this was interesting. Plus, he's like way older than Alex Murphy would have been at the time. Mm -hmm. Because, because, you know, I'm jumping around here, I'm sorry, but a lot of this movie is flashback because this, this cable guy, the, the, whatever, chief security officer and uh, Alex Murphy were partners in real life before Alex Murphy transferred. Uh, you know, this tale, it takes place before the first movie yep. events happened. It's actually in continuity with yeah. the first movie. This Which is, I appreciated. Yeah, yeah, this is the precinct before he transferred and got killed. Right, um, and became Robo. And became RoboCop. Boy, did he choose the wrong fucking precinct to transfer to. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, he didn't even, he was there like not even half a day that he gets fucking he murdered offed. by Clarence Boddicker. Yeah, yep. he, he went, and you know, this, like, cause this, this all, you know, that, that, where he was like, when he was just looking for like lost dogs or whatever the fuck that was, it's like, oh, big fucking deal. And that's like, you know, the worst thing they had to deal with. And then all of a sudden he moves and it's, <laughs> and it's go, go, go fucking stop this like drug war. The Clarence Boddicker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, Clarence Boddicker works for OCP, you yeah. know, that whole thing. But, but anyways, like, yeah, like, when they're showing the flashbacks, you know, fucking the dude who played Alex Murphy in this looks like he's like 54 years old. At least. Yeah. And then and Cable looks like he could be age appropriate-ish, mm-hmm. you know, 28, 30, somewhere in that range. But there's no way you're telling me that that's fucking, you know, I mean, that didn't look that's, right. It was, the actor was okay. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a horrible miscast. Yeah. He didn't, one, he didn't. His physicality wasn't even remotely correct for for this at all. Well, to be fair, I mean, how many guys in Canada vaguely look like Peter Weller that are also actors that, you know, are willing to be in RoboCop Turds R Us or whatever this is called? (laughs) Turds R Us? (laughs) That outfit. That (laughs) fucking, let's let's talk about the RoboCop outfit. It's it's really something. So, so, Amy, RoboCop's outfitted this. You you notice right away when RoboCop's walking, because this movie opens up very, very well in in a hostage situation scene where there's these guys with this really shitty bombs, these shitty bombs attached to their chest who just run out in front of all the police and explode themselves you think kamikazes the whole point of them uh, is that there is collateral damage that happens but no these guys just run out and and pull the plug and they just blow up and everyone just watches and there's no real consequence of them blowing up anyways so robocop shows up after john cable who uh listeners if you're familiar with the movie um cube is one of the guys that's in the cube. He's he's a very distinctive looking African American actor, True. and he walks in there like John fucking Shaft, right. with the worst fucking mustache I've seen in a movie in some time. Do we, we're, we're assuming that that's a fake mustache. I mean, come on now, you, you, ain't, you ain't tell me that's a real fucking mustache. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a great it's a great effect. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they got this mustache at parties. 
city. Oh, easily. And, and, and they, and they fucking oh, strap. Skin to squirrel's tail. <laughs> yeah, poor <laughs> squirrel. God, that sucks. Well, you know, yeah, it's it's really. I mean, I think the only worst facial hair I've seen that comes to mind is the fucking painted on goatee and rotor uh, that oh one guy has God. that scene. That's a, that's that's unbelievable. This is really bad. <sighs> and. Uh, for having a budget that it did, you would think they could have gotten something that looked a little bit better. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, one thing I'll give that guy credit for, you know, one of the things I always like about watching movies like this, and I'm jumping around, I like to see the stuff that other act like these actors have been in besides this, just sure. to kind of like get some perspective on, and he's been in a ton of TV stuff, and he was in a lot of TV stuff with the guy who played Robocop before this, but he's also in the, randomly, he's also in the movie fucking Cube, yep. which is just so, like, I love that movie, I think that's one of the greatest I think 90s soon, horror movies, oh, for sure. Oh, agreed, I think as soon as you he comes on screen, he has a very distinctive look, yep. and fans of 90s cinema will immediately recognize, recognize easily, and especially from like the TV shows that he was on. I'm trying to think. I, I, I mean, I had to look at it again. I know he was on Outer Limits a couple episodes, and I think they said Twilight Zone, like the re, you know the Redux and everything. So I mean, you know, these are people that have been around in cinema. Like all, like I was looking at all these people, and like they've all been, you know, one of them's in the fucking Swordsman with Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, yeah. I can't remember which one that yeah. was, but it might have been that that cable guy. But anyways, so that's kind of cool to see that. But yeah, I mean. This is definitely like, you know, had to pay their mortgage for a few months, you know, like low rents, like, hey, you know, it's got Robocop attached to it. And, you know, it's fucking Canada. So, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. They're just totally throwing this together. So, John, this John Cable guy shows up chewing, chewing up the scenery, telling all the rest of the cops that are on the scene that, you know, they're basically idiots. And then Robocop shows up. And at this point, we we don't know that RoboCop's all of four foot five. Yeah. They shoot him in a way that he looks like RoboCop and Normal. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the voice is fine. It, it works. And he walks up to this door where <laughs> they, they're holding people hostage and the hip plates are moving in ways that in the original RoboCop, it was it, – Literally looked like he was waddling because the outfit was way too fucking big for him. Yeah. Amy, what did you think of this RoboCop costume they had? Costume? Well, it looks like spray painted plastic parts and it looked like he was wearing a giant diaper. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I don't I don't know how to explain. He he moves in slow motion. He also (laughs) RoboCop at this one, and and I read this when I was researching, which means I was looking at Google while I was on the toilet. Um, right, right. That's, that's what I call reference to. That's, that's research. You know. Why does that have to be explained? Hey. Context. Context. Hey, I like to paint pictures for my listeners. No, this is an isn't, audio medium. Isn't so that where everybody researches? Is that the <coughs> True, true. Supposedly... The actor that that played uh, Alex Murphy in this didn't see any of the previous RoboCop films before he was cast for this. So he did not try and mimic Peter Weller's movements and came up with his own way of how RoboCop moves, which explains why RoboCop moves so strangely in this movie. And that and that speaks again to the low rentness of this, because. Why the fuck would you as an actor, if you take yourself seriously and you're in something that's, you know, named after something that is a fairly big deal. Yeah, yeah, established. Why would you not at least see the original film, the one that people laud or whatever, yeah. and, and just to know what you're getting into? You know, like, 
like, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't believe that, that that he wouldn't have watched it. I wonder how many people on here probably didn't watch it either. They're just like, oh, you know, it's, it's fucking, I need to make it's money this month. It's a gig. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're getting the agents like, well, you know, we need some fucking whatever guy to play an asshole executive. Can you do that? And it's like, yeah, that's fine. What's it for? Oh, RoboCop, the TV fucking prime directive show. It's like, oh, great. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. How much <laughs> to pay? Yeah. You know, like how long is the shoot? Yeah, totally. Like that's, oh, man, that, and that, and that part, that part bums me out. I mean, obviously, you know, because that guy has done some things that I think are cool. Yeah. What's funny is the things that he did that I think are cool, he probably was like, oh, fuck. You don't even talk Embarrassed, to me. Embarrassed, yeah. yeah. If he was at, like, a con or something, he wouldn't even want to talk about him. Yeah. Clearly, this guy, you know, the guy who played RoboCop in this film has done some up-down things. And I would argue this is maybe not one of his ups. Actors that are in series, unless it's, like, fucking witchcraft where no everybody's just doing their own thing right they usually go back and try at least infuse have some knowledge as to what's going on and right it's obvious that beyond the fact that the the guy's wearing the same outfit there was no cross reference to right. any of the other robocops i agree and that's and that, and that was a bummer but one thing i will say is since we're talking about you know things that were are in this that were in other robocops we liked this had a lot of those um, hilarious, like, news segments yeah. that, like, the RoboCops had that were, like, you know, or, like, the, you know, the little random, like, spurts of, like, commercials yep. and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, stuff, yeah. it didn't have the I'd buy that for a dollar guy or anything. No, but, but they I mean, referenced it multiple times they in did. the show. And they had some really hilarious, like, news stories. Like, I, there was the one where it was, like, when John Cable was killed, literally the day he's killed, the news stories, like, you know, you know, wait wait till Friday for the, the John Cable, a hero story movie. It's like, <laughs> he just fucking died. Well, and right <laughs> before that, the day before, they try, because this bone machine uh, big bad guy is only in the movie. It bookends the the yeah, movie because the yeah. vast majority of the middle section is a lot of talking oh, and plotting so and backstory. Oh, um, talking the the boat. They try and frame John Cable at the yeah. end as Bone Machine, uh, so that they can justify RoboCop killing John Cable because right. John Cable's wife. Is like this OCP executive who's in a secret society within OCP that are like a bunch of executives <laughs> who who John Cable gets close to exposing, yeah. and that's when his ex-wife, who's one of those secret executive lady people, decides to have RoboCop programmed to kill John, her husband John Cable and and keep him from exposing the truth. So, I mean, plot-wise, that seems fine. That could have been that could have been the basis of a better movie um, and a better episode or whatever, but. Unfortunately, what they did was what so many shitty movies and think you know I've, I've done yeah. in my time. They start off with something really strong, like that opening first, sequence. The first, the first yep. opening pulled me right in, pulled you right in too. I was like, okay, this is gonna be fine. You know, it's five minutes of that, and then came the fucking hour and fifteen minutes of fucking talking, a backstory. It's a obvious backstory. this was all filmed on in, in like sound stages. Yep, um, it all looked like. Soap opera yeah. stages where there was Toronto's Detroit. Yep, yep. Toronto is Detroit, which is only in two shots. You get to see a master shot of Toronto. I'm yep. guessing. Yep. Uh, from uh, from the water and in the, the neighborhood that does. I will give them credit. Vaguely look like the neighborhood that Alex Murphy lived in. You know where his oh, sure. family lived. I think. I mean, they look similar, but that's just any street. You know, you know in summer in America. Where in is city. this grand? Yeah. 
uh, Delta City that we had seen models of forever in the other three movies, like yeah. huge towering skyscrapers. There was and one, and it was CG'd as fuck. It looked almost as bad as, I would say it looked worse almost than uh, that Canadian movie, The Tower, that came out in like the 80s, like uh-huh, 85. Yeah. It's like a fucking sci-fi movie that they yeah. showed on TV that yeah. I love, because it's an Emeritus production, but that's a different episode because it's shot on video. But, sure. but the fucking OCP building looked as bad, if not worse than that. It uh, almost looked like Big Ben with yes. it, with each face where the clock would be yeah, were big totally. screens that would just show. Totally. It, it was, and that was, and that was all we got of Delta city. Really? I mean, that's that was the it. only thing. And yeah. it was not even the full tower. It was just no. the top of it. And it was a CG shot. It was, it was, it was, it was rough. And there was like one little action segment in the middle. That was part of the backstory where there was that serial killer. Yeah. Um, that um, John Cable and Alex Murphy, like basically went to investigate a fucking rabid dog, find the dog, <laughs> find the dog eating, eating human remains. And then they like are going to like go in the house. But then John, like John Cable's like, let's go in there and get this guy. Cause they hear that somebody's in this house nearby, you know, and they think it's this guy, obviously who's killing people. Yeah. And Alex Murphy's like, well, we need a fucking warrant. It's like, I'm pretty sure that if you see a dog in this guy's backyard eating a corpse, that probable might be probable cause. cause. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking so. Yeah. And of course, they go inside and to try to, and they don't even go in subtly. John Cable just kicks the fucking window <laughs> in the basement, <laughs> and like it's like you have to be deaf as fuck not to hear that. Yeah. And so then they go in this house and they see like human remains everywhere. Yeah. There's a chick locked up in the freezer who's yep. still alive. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Totally, totally. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then they go upstairs and and then fucking ends up the John Cable gets taken hostage by the serial killer guy. Which has been a motif go- leading up to that point yeah. of, the, of the movie or the episode is that Robocop keeps having these flashbacks of John Cable in a standoff yeah. with another guy. Right. So now we get this huge protracted sequence where we get the entire story smack dab in the middle of this movie. It's at least a 20-minute sequence. Totally. And and it is relevant to the story, thankfully, because it ends up that, you know, the the serial killer tells you know Alex Murphy to put his gun down uh, while he has Cable hostage he does then Cable kicks his ass anyways and gets the gun away from him and then Cable just fucking shoots him in cold blood you know <laughs> instead of arresting him which which <laughs> I fully support personally because you know if someone held a gun to my head and killed a bunch of people I don't think Dead they just bodies right next next to you <laughs> right I don't think that, that he deserves to live or anything I'm not begrudging the choice to kill the guy but then Alex Murphy was apparently because yep. like, yep. he, he has the strong sense of duty and he believes in the law yep. and that's what apparently leads Alex Murphy to switch precincts because he doesn't like his partner. He doesn't like, you know, what he views as corruption. But boy, did he fucking make a terrible choice. Yeah. Because that yeah. leads right. That's, that's the, you know, that's the prequel precursor to him going right to the fucking precinct. Yeah. Where he, you know, gets killed day one by Kurt's moniker and turned the Robocop. So, yep. so his sense of duty, look where that got him. Oh my God. It's, it's so strange. The, this, this episode, and I don't know how this is going to lead with the the coming movies we're going to about oh, to man. watch, is is literally like the Phantom Menace of the RoboCop series. <sighs> it, it is the prequel man. and it's the sequel. That makes to the it sound series. way worse even than I was describing it. Like I fucking <laughs> Phantom Menace. Is so it bad. is so weird. Oh, it, the way that this is constructed is very odd um, because it. It just jumps all over the place. It does. But as we were watching, Amy was totally invested in this story. What was it about the story you dug? I'm honestly not really sure exactly what it was. 
It was funny, and I really liked the bone machine guy. Okay, so the, was it ironically funny? Is that what you mean, or did you genuinely? Yeah, think no, this ironically was- funny. Um, it was so much better than that gun blast movie. So that <laughs> That's what this Amy just coming on my my podcast to trash gun blast, which I'm not going to put up with on my no, podcast. No, you can't trash Nick Millard here. Nick- <laughs> stop, stop inviting me. Then. <laughs> Nick, Nick Millard is royalty, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I have not watched anything else. That's that true. was that was. <laughs> Maybe next we'll have you watch Criminally Insane. (laughs) It's about a 300-pound woman who likes to eat people, and she decides she's going to eat her family. It's a very good story. (laughs) It's better than Gun Blast. I don't know. It has a plot. Where uh, things happen? It has a plot. Are there things, things, doing things? Uh, yes. There's a, as I just mentioned, there's a 300-pound woman who kills people <laughs> and eats them. That's pretty good, right? Obviously. And it's from a 70s movie, so you know how much you love those. Oh, my gosh. So so RoboCop, Dark Justice, we, we have bookend sections, which probably account for all of 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you have this entire middle section, which is, Backstory and setting up the world that we are going to live in for the next three movies of OCP. There's this one exec. It's it's kind of similar to the original film where there's two um, execs vying for attention from the head of OCP, who is now this older lady. And one of them is come he him and this nerd in the basement of OCP with the lowest rent computer. You could possibly oh find are coming up with this um, artificial intelligence that is not yeah, only going to um, control all of the OCP tower, but all of Delta City and streamline it in a way that their products can maximize profits due to behavioral learning like this, uh, this uh Artificial intelligence is going to learn the habits of all of the citizens of Delta City yeah. and streamline it so they can maximize their profits. Yeah, because that's one thing that I thought was interesting that they, they mentioned that uh, OCP is going bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, which I, I kind of caught that early on because I'm like, you know, even when watching the Robocop movies, I'm like, how much fucking money are you guys spending? Like, okay, how much? Billions. Robo- they they yeah. said four four hundred and fifty one billion dollars. They were in debt due to building yeah. Delta City. Yeah, and then how many billions of dollars did RoboCop cost? And how many RoboCop two and all the Ed two oh nines that they that didn't work? And and where the fuck? Are the Ed 209s? I mean, like, I mean, did they finally give up on them? They must have. At this yeah. point, they must have gave up on it. Or they couldn't find a plastic costume that didn't look too, <laughs> too shitty. You know, but I was fully expecting, like, some costume to come out with, like, two guys on, like, fucking unicycles or something. Oh, like, my God. If know. there's a unicycle robot, Amy, are you going to declare it the greatest movie of all time if there's a unicycle? Most likely, yeah. Okay. I, I also agree with this. Uh, we have come no closer to finding out about RoboCop's cock in this yeah. movie. It's nowhere to be yeah, found. He did remember his nose was bleeding. He was freaking out. We oh, thought he was, was orgasming. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was coming in that scene. You're right. That's true. He kind of was coming, and he was bleeding from the nose from it, uh, which uh, is interesting. I never would have expected that. I've never had a nosebleed while I was orgasming. But. Oh my god. Okay, so which goes back to <laughs> RoboCop acts so strangely all the time in this fucking movie. It's it's very yeah. The, him not watching the main actor, I should say, that played fucking RoboCop, not watching any of the other RoboCop movies at all, 
I think is a is a big detriment to his performance in this. But oh. that said, I, I I believed him enough as RoboCop. I believed yeah. him enough until I saw him standing next to normal sized people. Oh yeah, which which <laughs> yeah. didn't happen until probably halfway through the movie. Yeah, and then I'm like, what's going on here? What's wrong with this guy? It was that point where he jumped off the seat in in the basement of the police precinct yeah, where we all were like. What? <laughs> I, I, I think I did like a triple take. I'm like, is that 85 year old lady that's taking care of him, like towering over him? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, what the hell? Like, so fucking tiny. And once you see that, no longer can you take RoboCop seriously at this. He's a fucking horse jockey. He's like fucking. <laughs> he's, he's like four foot ten. I mean, he's a. I mean, I mean that guy. That guy shouldn't have been in movies. He should have been a fucking horse oh jockey, man. He, he has the perfect build for it. He's stocky, he's, but he's whittle, you know. Oh my god! So we got Tiny Robocop. We have uh, this OCP backstory between the one guy with the artificial intelligence computer <laughs> and John Cable's ex-wife, who is is leading this secret society within OCP, which. Is not is I'm guessing is going to be explored in further movies. Sure. Then we get the backstory of John Cable and Alex Murphy. Being partners, yeah. Yep. Then we get where OCP basically reprograms Robocop yet again and gives him a prime directive uh, number four of uh, what was it? Kill Term- John Cable. Yeah, terminate, terminate John, Cable. John Cable, and it culminates into the battle at the end between Bone Machine John Cable and, Robo. and RoboCop, where RoboCop's trying to fight the the fourth uh, directive. Right, and Which is uh, why he's coming all the time. Yeah, he's coming constantly, <laughs> constantly during this scene, the whole time. <laughs> and and of course, RoboCop, because of the whole middle section where you know he didn't fire on uh, Cable and the serial killer. Yep. Spoilers if you don't want these movies spoiled. Oh, God. Cue Barning House music. Yeah. This is a warning. Thank you. He shoots John Cable dead and then kills fucking Bone Machine, who we find out was their third partner, was was another uh, Detroit police officer in the same precinct that they used to work together. It's a fucking Shyamalama ding-dong twist at the end. Totally, because Bone Machine takes Cable hostage the same way that the serial killer in the middle took Cable hostage. And again, gives RoboCop the choice, but RoboCop can't overcome his fourth you know directive so he ends up shooting cable but when he shoots cable then he can shoot fucking uh, bone machine yeah. shoots his fucking mask off and then you know he has him pinned to the ground and then he fucking same as at the end of the first one he pulls his fucking data uh what are they called data the blade or data blade yeah. with the fuck out and you, ho- you hope to see some more gore but it's one of those cheap ass things where he's like stabbing down and off scene and, and when it comes blood. up blood yeah, it's keeps going up and so yeah. I was like I was like okay I guess that's about as much as you could probably show on Canadian television you know because sure. you know it probably warps some fucking poor Canadian child's mind but but <laughs> you know but I mean and then the movie basically ends and you know they it's it's you know, it sets it up for the next one. But the ending, the big spoiler at the ending, if you don't, if you really don't want a spoiler. It's going to be spoiled because we're going to talk about the next episode. We got you, so, right. So, so anyway, so you're going to spoil anyways. Fuck it. You know, if you're not, don't, you know. But John Cable apparently isn't completely dead. And they're, they're fucking robocopping him at the end of the fucking episode. They're turning John Cable into RoboCop 2, two 3. Well, they call, they call the Kane RoboCop 2 and Ro- RoboCop Robo 2. Cable. 
Well, in the in the credits, when the credits were rolling, it said RoboCop and RoboCable designed by and whatever that name was. Oh, man, I'm sorry they gave you 55 bucks to design these RoboCop outfits. (laughs) At the most. Oh, my God. So bad. I hope I hope RoboCable has the mustache. Now I have to know. We're going to find out. That is the that will be genuinely the end of this movie when they set up that John Cable was going to be another RoboCop and yeah. we may have a RoboCop versus J- RoboCable battle. It has to happen. I'm the assuming. only uh, so I the thing is if they go up against each other and this is just me speculating for the next one they go up against each other and they have a two shot with them both RoboCop's going to look so stupid yeah. next to RoboCable oh, because yeah. RoboCable is the size of an actual fucking RoboCop. Of a normal man, right. Oh my God. If he doesn't have that mustache, what a loss. Yeah. What a loss to humanity that would be. That would be. I I was kind of, one thing I was hoping from these movies was that we'd get some cool villains out of them. I mean, Bone Machine was funny um, and and cutesy. um, But, you know, I guess it's hard for me to, I mean, Bone Machine is probably still worse than the ninjas from Rob- RoboCop three, and certainly worse than Kane from RoboCop two. Oh, it's it's the worst enemy we've seen so far in a RoboCop it, thing. It's true. I agree. Aside from, I'm sure that the Dark Horse comics and, and maybe the other TV show had some horrible fucking villains too. But this was, you know, these weren't good. This guy wasn't very good. No. Um, but but that said. You know, he was a protagonist. He was there. It was fine. Yeah. It could have been worse still, but but it could have been a lot better also. I, I liked how cheesy it was. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated it for what this was. It was that, fine. Yeah, it, it was just fine. I've uh, seen worse. There's sure. much worse. Like, yeah. going into this, I was really, I know you were really down on this. Like, sure you was. were not looking forward to this at all. I was optimistic and it kind of delivered exactly what I figured it was going to be, which reminded me of the that mid-90s um, direct-to-video, like almost subpar full moon production where oh, it was yeah. it, it, it was cheese dick. It, it used the license to the best of its 10 cent ability, <laughs> and I was mildly entertained by it. Would I be... Would I say this was a good movie if I didn't know that there were three more movies after this to explore the themes more? I'm not so sure. Yeah, no. I'm not so sure. No, I Going into this and watching it knowing that this is only part of the story. Yeah. I was able to tolerate this. Well, and if you think about it, let's, let's just put it in this perspective here. If, if this were the fourth RoboCop film in the franchise and they oh. called it and they called oh. it a prequel they called it like robocop you know whatever the prequel and and this was what it was it would have been laughed out of it would have been bad yeah laughed bad. out of theaters because there's just not enough meat on the bone no nope. and, it, and, it, and right and, and the effects on that wouldn't have been good enough now there's not enough robocop in this right totally this if this had a better budget with the RoboCop level effects that at least released, you know, RoboCop 2-esque with that level of violence, if they included more fucking action scenes and less of the backstory, you know, uh, I think this could have been something like that level. But that that said, for what it is, it was fine. It was better than I expected it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. I expected to see some fucking like, you know, like I said, Asylum or York level fucking <laughs> terrible costumes and acting. And 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 they actually had some people 
excuse me, that's, you had some people with names in this. Not yeah. like, you know, not like fucking blockbuster stars, but people that have at least acted in things sure. before, had some experience, have been around the block more than once, you know, and weren't paid with like fucking coke or hand jobs or right. whatever the fuck, you know, actors in full moon movies got, you know, Charles Band, whatever he felt like paying him, probably paid him with hand jobs from his Well, wife, you know. I mean, the only actor in this movie that I felt was, was phoning it in and was kind of just overdoing it for the sake of he couldn't figure anything out was the dude who played bone machine yes otherwise the rest of the cast actually was pretty fucking good seems pretty good yeah I, honestly they were they were just fine and the guy who played cable i would say he did a great job actually. oh he was the best character in the whole movie anytime he was on screen he was taking up you know he was the one taking up the the interest on the screen i mean even when he was when he whenever he was on screen with with you know alex murphy you know whatever uh, or robocop uh, I was more so just being yeah. like, what's John Cable going to do? And to be honest with you, I was bummed that he got killed, but now that he's going to be fucking uh, Robo Cable, it. it's gonna, it better be good. And so what I'm hoping for this next thing, just, just so we can get into that, I hope the remainder of the series cuts back on some of these long lulls where there's not action happening and mm-hmm. does some more action-packed things. I mean, there's no reason that this can't be over-the-top insane yeah. like RoboCop 2 was, or even RoboCop 1. RoboCop 1 is perfectly paced. There's really no lulls in that in that movie. And in RoboCop 2, that's balls to the wall, whole-time yeah. action. RoboCop 3 does have a little bit more of that. You know, the middle gets a little yeah, slow there. Yeah, it does. Um, but, you know, but at least, at least when it does have action, it's fucking over-the-top and still, you know, in the same vein yeah. as the first two films. This one was a little bit restrained in that regard, but at least they still had some of it. So it, it was obvious that this was a setup, that yeah. this was the world build, building first part or first act of a bigger story. Well, now I'm excited to watch uh, RoboCop. Uh, What's know, the next one? Fart penis. Order. Yeah. Next. Fart penis is part two. <laughs> definitely. It's RoboCop meltdown. RoboCop meltdown. Well, you know, I was close. So um, <laughs> I, if, if we're going to get final thoughts on this, I actually kind of liked this first one, Dark Justice. It actually, it wasn't bad. This is a 1.5 speed movie. If I've ever seen a 1.5 speed movie. Yeah. Watch yeah. it. Watch it on 1.5 speed if you get the opportunity. Yeah. And you'll breeze through it and you'll enjoy it just fine. And you honestly could probably fast forward through like, like you watch the beginning part, normal speed, the first five, ten minutes with the, you know, the freaking first introduction of Bone Machine. You skip through the whole scene with the executives. because <laughs> It's pointless. It's pointless. Then you get it's to the pointless. fucking serial killer flashback in the middle with Cable and Murphy. That's another five, ten minutes. Then you skip all the way to the end when Bone Machine, Cable, and Murphy have their fucking showdown. You know, or maybe slightly before so you can identify that Robo's been reprogrammed to have the fucking fourth prime directive. You know, like he is, <laughs> like he is in every movie. You every know? Like, single movie. Yeah, every single movie is like that fourth prime directive. They never fucking talk about what it is. It's always something <laughs> shitty. You know, it's like... Robo, Robo still hasn't figured out all these years later, like, oh, man, that fourth prime director is really fucking me. Yeah, why does he never remember that they constantly are reprogramming his fourth yeah. directive? Well, I guess he is a fucking machine. But yeah, they can just wipe it out, I suppose. I huh? suppose, but, I mean, if, if they can wipe anything out of his fucking... I mean, if they've, if they've mastered... You know the understanding of the human brain to the point where they can actually wipe parts of it out. Why does he still have any memory of his family? Yeah, shit that happened before. I mean, there's you know. I mean, I don't want to plot. Well, this remember because they said as they said at the end when they were doing the they were getting John Cable ready to become RoboCop, RoboCable, whatever. Yeah, they thought RoboCop was a fluke. 
Yeah. So his yeah. brain and the memories were a fluke. Oh, of course. Well, you know, it's always a fluke. Well, you remember the other, <laughs> the other, the other RoboCop they tried to make in RoboCop Two. That's some of the best parts in that, where they had that one. Well, they, they tried oh, to make it yeah, again, where it would shoot itself or in the head itself and, and, and rip its skull out. When I first saw that, when I was younger, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" Like, <laughs> I love that whole scene where he just like re- realizes he's like a fucking you know machine now and undead and fucking pulls his you know helmet off in, and the one oh, kills himself. Like, that's pretty fucked up shit. Really fucked up. Yeah, I like there's, that though. There's nothing in this so far nearly yeah, as dark. There's some swearing. We're talking a couple f bombs in a shit in asshole. Yeah, asshole. Yeah. Um, the violence. There's some blood, but there's really not much. Yeah, I mean it's it's medium level violence. Yeah. cops. I mean you know. Um, and it has the propensity to, to be more violent. And that's one thing I would say. But again, I'm not going to begrudge it because it's a TV movie. So yeah. for a TV movie, it was quite violent, actually. Yeah. Um, I, you know, but for, but yeah, but it's, it's not going to be as violent as the Robocop, you know, feature length. So, so. So I'm I'm giving it a thumbs up. You're giving it a thumbs up. I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Be, uh, you know, I, like I said, watch it on one, like you said, watch it on 1.5 speed. Skip through some of the parts that suck. Yeah. And but but the meat that's there is decent. You I know. see. I see potential of a fan cut of yeah. maybe, uh, and we'll see how that goes as we go along with the rest of the movies. The fan cut of all cu- four of these together. I mean, you a know, cut down for yeah. sure. I mean, I want to see it. Like you said, I want to see how the other three. There's look. one on YouTube. Really, I found a cut down on YouTube, which I believe is like two or three hours long. Okay, I mean, and and I honestly, I think I I believe in you. I you could probably cut all these fucking things down to like. Two hours, I bet. Oh, you know. man, this first movie, <laughs> I, I could cut, cut an hour out of that thing, probably. Oh, easily. I mean, there's so much stuff. It's like, I don't need to know about this. Yeah. You know, anything yeah. that's not violence. And, and, and you got to edit <laughs> anything that's not violence. And you got to edit, edit in the robot dick, you know, yeah. like Robo's dick has to be in there somehow. Well, you know, obviously the whole backstory with the serial killer and all that. Could have been yeah. truncated yep. so much. Yep, yep, yeah. Because the build up to like when they like, like okay, okay, we're going to the scene of this like, I guess whatever rabbit dog yep. or whatever. Well, we had to around. learn. We had to learn that John Cable's wife was leaving him, yeah. and we had to learn about blah 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 blah. Yeah, well, you could. The son that programmed him to kill him, right? That's right. We forgot yeah. that now all yeah. these years later, That's RoboCop's true. son. Yeah, RoboCop's son is an now OCP an OCP executive yeah. in this. That's true. And that is a good, I mean, that is a good, and I will say that for this, the strongest part of it, and also the part I somehow like the least, was that it has a lot of plots. Yep. But it also like made it slow. And, like you know, because they had to touch all those elements. And so, you know, it's not like, the simple sort of mindlessness that you get with the original RoboCop, it's like, you know, where it's like, okay, he's an undead cop who fucking, you know, goes after drug dealers. You know what I mean? Like, yep. that's pretty much that movie in a yep. nutshell. Uh, whereas this is like, well, here's all this other stuff. And it's like, I appreciate that on one level. On another level, I just want to see Robo fucking shooting guys yeah, in the dick, you know? It's, like, it's, it you is know? a double-edged sword, yeah. definitely. So, Amy, hmm? what is your prediction for the next movie? It, we have RoboCop and RoboCable. What do you see? Do you see Robo Cable having a mustache? I hope so. That's oh. going to make it for me. I actually liked this. I'm surprised. That's I'm awesome. pleasantly surprised. That's really, that, that, that's, ex, that's exciting to me. We all liked it. That's good. I mean, it, so, you know, I mean, how it's going to, how it's going to fare amongst the series as a whole. I hope, I hope it ends up being my least favorite one, you know. I hope so too. Yeah. But other than that, it's fine. It was uh, fine. It was good. So, folks, next one we're going to watch in this epic marathon is RoboCop Meltdown. So uh, stick around. We'll be back to talk more Canadian RoboCop. 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Angelique. And there's nothing better at the end of a long day than a hot bath and a good book. Now, I'm not talking your highfalutin literature like your, your Jane Eyre or your Wuthering Heights. I'm talking candy bars for your brain. The kind of books you'll find gathering dust at the Bilo or your local used bookstore. Books about monsters, ghosts, demons, werewolves, draculas, killers, surgical abominations, or just about any other horror you can dream up. So, plug the drain, grab you a book, and come soak with me in the tub of terror. Tonight, we're going to be talking about The Keepsake by Paul Hewson. This was a pretty interesting book. So let's see, is it just ducky or is it a total bath bomb? I'll let you decide. Well, of course I'm going to give my opinion, but <laughs> I enjoyed this one quite a bit. This book focuses on Sean and Angela, and they are aspiring film producers who, um, for one reason or another, uh, decide to go to Ireland to uh, make a movie, well, a documentary really, about uh, St. Patrick. And just like any other dumb tourist, Angela spies a rock that she likes and decides, I'll just take this with me, even though I'm, you know, unearthing it from a cairn at a sacred site uh, of St. Patrick's, you know, where uh, he drove out the, uh, quote, quote, snakes uh, from Ireland. <laughs> um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. The, the book uh, opens with some, you know, horrible, dark attack by some force or whatever and then it cuts to Sean and Angela but we spend the rest of the book with Sean and Angela who really are kind of a miserable couple um they have one of them free will and open relationships where you know the dude just decides to go out and do whatever he wants and the lady's just like okay I'll just tolerate this but <laughs> maybe I'm putting a little bit of my own uh, relationship experience and on that but anyway um, so while they're in Ireland um, Angela finds the rock falls in love with it it looks like a little face like a little skull thing and she's like oh this is so pretty I'm gonna take this home with me <sighs> but Anyway, she discovers she's pregnant, and then when they're about to leave Ireland, she's like, oh, maybe I don't want to tote this rock through customs, and she throws it away. Well, they arrive back in the States. She tells Sean that she's pregnant. They talk about, well, should we keep it or not? They decide to keep it. Then they decide to have a spur-of-the-moment wedding, and Angela unpacks, and the rock is in her bag. Dun-dun-dun! <gasps> This is a common theme throughout the book. Um, whenever they try to get rid of this rock, it comes back like the proverbial cat. 
Um, speaking of cats, during the uh, wedding reception, they have the little wedding at home. Um, the cat, Feathers, um, goes ballistic when he gets a gander at the rock that they decide to display prominently on the mantelpiece. Um, one of the wedding guests is a psychic who's like, I have bad psychic vibes, man. And they're like, oh, from what? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the weird skull rock you smuggled back from Ireland, you doofus. <laughs> anyway, um, a couple of their friends, Jerry and Fiona, um, try to take the rock from the house and get into a bad, nasty car accident. And this is a long line of bad accidents that happen to people surrounding uh, Sean and Angela. So their friend dies and their other friend Jerry is in the hospital for a bit. Um, then their cat gets turned inside out. Angela starts having nightmares and Sean's like, oh, you're just hysterical, babe. It's gonna be okay. And she's like, no, something's wrong and I don't know what it is. Well, maybe it's the stupid skull rock. But nobody decides to put two and two together for a hot minute. Anyway, so the cat gets turned inside out. Um, their stout Irish housekeeper, Mrs. Sullivan, uh, is like, oh, in the old country, we whatever. Don't pick up skull rocks, guys. Please don't pick up skull rocks, guys. Please. Especially in places where you're not from and you don't know what they may be. Anyway, <laughs> so Mrs. Sullivan tries to get rid of the rock, and she ends up getting beheaded. Um, the nightmares continue. Angela tries to get rid of the rock, and it comes back. She's having nightmares of, like, this thing on her chest. Um, Sean totally doesn't believe her and starts acting like a real butthead. But then Angela... Another time, this is like the third or fourth time she tries to get rid of the stupid skull rock, uh, takes it and drops it in the reservoir. Well, all their good luck goes away. Like, their garden had started blooming like crazy, like growing strawberries in January. I don't know what it, it's, <sighs> this is supposed to be in like somewhere up north, but then it turns to somewhere down, you know, Florida ways. I don't know. I don't know about the climate in other places. If it's anywhere like here, it's a complete possibility that strawberries will bloom in January because, yeah, it was 75 yesterday. Now it's 40, but I digress. <laughs> so, she drops the rock in the reservoir, and then all of a sudden their movie goes kaput. Uh, their producer, you know, just kind of disappears for a hot minute. Um, their money starts to go away. Sean starts being a super douche to Angela, always talking about money and, well, what are you doing? You know, you're just relaxing. Well, here I am pretending to make a movie or something about Ireland. <laughs> um, then, let's see. Yeah, Miss Sullivan dies. Then just weird, creepy things start happening, and Angela's nightmares get worse. Her doctor puts her on tranquilizers that don't work. She keeps waking up, and the rock is in bed with them. And so Sean decides that he's going to do something about it. Um, meanwhile, 
Angela's like, well, maybe we need an old priest and a young priest. So she goes and she visits the supposed priest at the parish, wherever they live. And he's like some new age hippie priest. I don't know. He just, she's like, well, I think my house needs a blessing. And he's like, oh, well, dude, man, your aura, this and that. And we can, I guess, do that. I've got a copy of the ritual somewhere. And she's like, okay, well, can I just bring the rock to the church tomorrow? And maybe you do your, you know, ha, 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 ha thing. <laughs> and he's like, okay, sure, that's cool. So she's planning on doing that. Well, Sean decides to take the rock and give it to the Irish Historical Society. And uh, the doctor he was talking to that was helping them with their folklore thing in Ireland, he runs afoul of the rock. Uh, the poor midnight caretaker runs afoul of the rock. And then the creature that lives in the rock, uh, which is some kind of horrible leprechaun fairy thing, uh, goes after Sean. Angela thinks it wants the baby, so they're trying to do whatever they can. And, of course, the only things that can get rid of fairies is uh, steel and light. So... They try to keep the lights on, but the fairy attacks and uh, blows all the light bulbs and the fuses in the house. And then it's discovered that it doesn't really want the baby. It wants Angela real bad. And she tries to go the route of, well, if you can't beat him, join him. Um, given the fairy bowls of milk. And uh, Sean doesn't like that too much. And at the end of the day, it ends up being just Angela. And yeah. <laughs> so, this one, was it ducky or a total bath bomb? Uh, like I kind of intimated at the start, this one is just ducky. This was was fun. Um, you know, if you can get past the kind of stupid pseudo-intellectual relationship business, um stick with it. This is a good one. And it ties in a lot of the old, you know, myths about, uh, leprechauns and the fae and things like that from Ireland. So yeah, give it a read. I liked this one. <laughs> well, my water's getting chilly and my fingers are all pruney. So I'm going to drain my water here. And I hope that you'll come hang out in the tub with me again for our next episode. Same bath time, same bath channel. the governor like you've never heard him before on his new album the tuninator yes that's right you've seen him fight aliens from another planet to liquid metal monsters now hear him battle the classics like wooly bully here we go i am the i dal nadi told hadi about the thing she saw it had two big horns and and a wooly jaw Wooly bully. Ah, oh, wooly bully. Ah, oh, that's right. It's wooly bully. 
is really bullied. Is is one ugly motherfucker, Louis Louis. Ah, uh, Louis Louis. Oh no! So we got to go. We got to go now to the chopper, Louis. And that Beatles classic, Oobla Dee, Oobla Da. Desmond has a bow in the marketplace. Molly, she's the singer in the band. Desmond says to Molly, I like your face. And Molly says, Desmond, you son of a bitch. Life goes on, Life goes on. We're sure you'll get goosebumps with his rendition of Tom Jones's song, Delilah. I saw the light on the night that I passed the window. It was right up there. And I, and I saw the flickering, the flickering shadows of love on the blind. The torches. She, she was my woman. I don't understand what's wrong with her. The short blonde hair. And she deceived me. I watched down and I went out of my mind. She drove me crazy. What's wrong with you? Why? Why? I don't get it. Why? Why, Delilah? Why? Then lose your head as Arnold sings this ACDC classic. You'll get 23 songs in total across two LPs or cassettes for three easy payments of $9.99 each. But wait, that's not all. Act today and you'll get a bonus album. Arnold sings the opera with his tear-inducing rendition of Ave Maria. He was once the governor of California. Now let him be the governor of your ears. Order the Tuninator today. Get Arnold Sings the Opera for free. Plus, if you order within the next two minutes, we'll reduce one of your payments of $9.99. Yes, that's right. You will get all of this for two easy payments of $9.99. So what are you waiting for? Call 1-800-ARNOLD-1. That's 1-800-ARNOLD and the number one. Get to the phone. Get to the phone now. Go now. All orders subject to service fee, SMP Incorporated is not responsible for any and all damage that may occur after the product has left the facility. Allow 12 to 24 months for delivery. You are listening to Astro Radio Z.
Okay, we're back. We just watched the second movie, RoboCop Meltdown, in our marathon. And wow, um, my head is spinning right now from this one. Uh, Amy, you you couldn't like wrap your head around what was going on. It was just so much. Before we get into the plot, what did you think of this? <laughs> oh, I can't talk about the plot at all? Not yet. Oh, well, it was interesting. It was um, kind of hard to follow. Entertaining. I liked it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Eric... Well, uh, it was it was okay. I, there was things I liked about it uh, more than the first uh, you know episode or movie, whatever you want to call it. But there were some things I definitely I did not like, and I, and I have to agree with Amy. This was really tough to follow uh, in comparison to the last movie. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's uh, movie watching fatigue, but I don't think it is because. You know, I watch garbage all the time. That's, you know, has no plots. That's discernible. And, and and I think I got the gist of what's going on in this. But, um, yeah, I would say, I don't know. I think I liked it better than the last one in some ways. Yeah. In, in more ways than that. But, and the pacing was a little better. But. Yes. But the parts that were slow were really slow. Oh, so I. Dried it down hard. I, I got to agree with you on almost every front. I did like this one a lot more than the mm-hmm. first one. Mm-hmm. It is mostly because, and once we get into the details of what this is, this felt more like RoboCop to me mm-hmm. than the first movie that we watched. I um, agree. This had a lot of the interstitial stuff, like the little ads and zany quips, and yep. it just moved. It was constantly, like you said, it was all over the place. Like, I didn't think this one was that tough to follow mostly because it streamlined a lot of the problems that were going on in the first one where jumping back and forth in time and blah 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 this one just had a lot of characters and a lot of locations and a lot of things going on this so the end of the last one which was dark justice we end with john cable being turned into another RoboCop. Mm -hmm. This one starts out with a rogue team of cybernetically enhanced mercenaries that try to infiltrate uh, the OCP building where they are, the lab where the nerds down in the basement constructing the artificial intelligence known as Saint. Saint, yep. Yeah, which I don't think we, I just thinking about this, I don't think we touched on that Saint thing as much as in the you know in the other discussion we mm-hmm. had uh, you know it's that it's that artificial I forget what it stands something like super artificial intelligence neural I whatever T stands for but the, but it's like, but it's basically their version of like you know like so, Hal like Hal right yeah. Hal running the whole running the whole OCP um, you know compound and then all of Delta City it's you know at whatever yep. point but um but and yeah. it's in its infancy at, in this movie up to this point yep. uh Saint is in its infancy is still collecting data it's still building uh what it's going to be and how it's going to operate so still has I'm the cool guess lawnmower man face yeah it's still <laughs> the lawnmower man face in yep. the computer and it's I think the next two movies, uh, the fi- finale, uh, to me, has to be Saint 
versus RoboCop. I we know that's, that's coming. Be. I mean that's 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 the inevitable end to all of this, and and uh, yeah, and so after that initial thing, RoboCop. Gets damaged again, of course, real bad. Because he's a bitch. Because he's a bitch. He gets, he, literally someone, a lady kicks him in the chest and he flies through a window. Yep. And she has some kind of augmentation. Like, well, they all have stealth. They all have like stealth augmentation. These like, you can turn invisible. Yeah. And then she has like some like uh, Darth Maul looking almost lightsaber. Uh, Double bladed, like uh, stun stun bow sword. staff. I don't know. Yeah. Bow staff. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. And knocks Robocop fucking the hell out and uh and then of course robocop is you know get, gets almost fucking destroyed um and then that lady back at the lab who's you know nine feet taller than him uh and 76 years old and 76 that. years old it tells me basically i think she didn't she kind of tell him like we basically don't really have parts for you and like your your or you know your insulation is the only thing that saved you from being completely destroyed and that right. whole nine yards which which is the thing in every movie you know, it seems like in every movie when he gets damaged they're always like, except for the first one, maybe they're always like, "Oh, we don't want to pay for this, or we don't have parts, or whatever." Well, it is, they so. made they made a reference in this in uh, one of the the bottom lower thirds that came up during one of the news segments that his daily cost. No, it was exploitation TV. Yeah, who tr- infiltrated Saints Lair. Yeah, and and it was kind of like. You know, one of those sleazy, sleazy tabloid things where the guy's yeah. going in to find out information about uh, RoboCop. And it said on the bottom, RoboCop cost per day was $12,000. And then it showed marked for inflation $435,000 a day oh, <laughs> or something fuck. like that. Insane. Gee, I wonder why OCP might not be doing so well financially. I yeah. mean, you know, but who knows how much money? That, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and discuss the OCP business model. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's. Uh, this would tr- truly become the Phantom Menace and the prequels oh of the RoboCop universe if this became all about the economics of how <laughs> RoboCop actually right. can exist, right? Or how Delta City is somehow <laughs> a thing, like you know, like there's seven. I, when they said, uh, you know, the First in the first movie, like we're seven hundred and some billion dollars in debt. I'm like, how much did it cost to build Delta City? It must have cost trillions. Like the what you what they're describing, yeah. Yeah. you know. And where did you get that money from? Not that we ever see what d- the final Delta City actually looks like. No, they just describe this awesome utopia. But instead, we get like fucking four sound stages that this whole thing is filmed on. I feel like and we see the, the master shots that look like Vancouver. Yep. Yeah, Vancouver or Toronto, maybe one of know. the two. I've I've been to Toronto, but in not many years. I don't remember what it looks like, and I've never been to Vancouver. All I know about Vancouver is people literally shit in the streets everywhere. <laughs> so, so that's what I've been told multiple times from multiple people. Apparently, apparently, Vancouver is a shithole shit full of heroin addicts and and people that just shit on the streets nonstop. That's huh. what, multiple people have told me this. So I don't know, but I still want to go sometime. To, to all my listeners in Vancouver, I'm sorry if we're we're bringing your city down. I have not been there, so I yeah. can't confirm this. So I'm going to take Eric's word. I mean, this. I don't know for sure, but but to be, I haven't been either. I just go on what I've been told, and don't feel too bad. I live in the fifth most dangerous city in America, and I'm sure people shit in my streets too. So oh, yeah. I feel like home. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we we live in Appleton, Wisconsin, and. 
I personally drove by, I used to live by this bar called the Eager Beaver. Ooh. And I literally watched people pissing outside of it every <laughs> single day when I would drive past. Ah, uh, yeah. Alcohol in northern Wisconsin. What a great combination. Yep. Winning even. So so if you feel bad, listeners in Vancouver, because we're talking about people shitting in your streets all the time, don't <laughs> feel bad. The Eager Beaver has you beat. Right. There's so, shitters everywhere. Everywhere. So, so back to the RoboCop meltdown. Yeah. So we have this group infiltrating, trying to get the secrets to RoboCop and to Saint and to OCP. And RoboCop gets fucked up. Then we fast forward to, um, or we jump to Sarah Cable Initiating RoboCop two, which is RoboCable. RoboCop three, if we're being t- if, if we're if we if we want to include RoboCop, the two, real RoboCop yeah. two. I mean, I still haven't decided, or we still haven't determined whether or not they've just like been like two and three didn't happen, or because there's I'm, been no references to it. At I'm all. flat out gonna say this is in complete continuity. Um, with the original series, mostly yep. because they and, and this is what's really. Th- like uh, what I'm really loving about this is that this these movies were obviously written by people that took the time, watched the movies, were steeped in the lore, yeah. were steeped in the world, true. and they make reference to many little tiny th- details throughout those series in this series. That's true. If you dig deep enough, they're definitely there. And uh, I think the only thing I'm thinking is they mentioned all oh, the other Robocop was a fluke, but. To, to be fair, they might not have known about because you know Kane was kind of like sort of a secret thing. I mean, it, we we know that they knew about him at the end, but they, I would I would have thought they would have said, well, you know, we had a well, cop unit that really fucked up, but it was a whole other thing, and maybe just reference it somehow. Oh sure, yeah, yeah because yeah. they were definitely. I mean, OCP is definitely aware of RoboCop too, because mm-hmm. remember, there's that sequence where they reveal Robo RoboCop two. To the media and yep. to the surround, and then that becomes yeah. the climax of uh, Robocop Two, right? The big fight with Robo outside Kane and, and in yeah. the streets and everything right, like that. Yeah, right. So, so maybe they're just kind of like glossing over that and being like, because that wasn't really a Robo. I mean, well, they called it Robocop Two, yes. the movie. So, so that's one thing I'd be curious about. I want I, if we ever get anybody from these movies to interview or yeah. talk to. I want I'd want to, especially if it's a writer or a director or whatever. I want to be like. Okay, are we are we cutting two and three out and saying it never happened, or are we just you know was that kind of like a little continuity maybe like not fleshed out enough you know but sure but in any event you're right there's we'll enough. just call him Robo Cable that's Robo what Cable Robo Cable is much better and so Robo Cable starts happening and and of course his ex wife is like the one who runs him which is like you know God how fucked is that if my ex wife turned me into a cyborg. I would be very upset. And she's taunting him the entire time. Yeah. And what how she has him programmed is her scheme is to essentially frame RoboCop right. and make the city of Detroit turn against him. So she has RoboCable who looks identical to RoboCop other than the fact that he's an African-American man and they turn him into a black RoboCop. Right. But his, but his face and skin... Do not like. I I didn't recognize him at first. He did not look like himself. He did not look like he had black skin. He looks like a better RoboCop than the guy they have playing RoboCop. Hundred percent. He's he's the correct height. 
He's he looks buff, you know, like he looks great. He looks he yeah, he's perfect. The outfit actually fits him. Right. And the scenes where finally, and this is jumping forward, but this is just to make a point of how good he looks and how much better he's suited towards this, is there are scenes where they're next to each other and they're fighting mm-hmm. and it's laughable yeah. how bad the guy they have cast for RoboCop looks like yeah. a pudgy. It's like Gimli from Lord of the Rings right. is RoboCop next right. to ro- a real RoboCop. Right. Like RoboCable should have somehow been RoboCop. Oh. That would have been. I hope and that changes. I hope RoboCop dies and RoboCable in this over. series takes over. That should happen, and that would be just fine with me. But but yeah, so then they so they use Robo they frame RoboCop by using RoboCable because he attacks the CEO yeah. of um, of uh, OCP in her car and destroys the car. And then she goes ape shit and she gives Sarah Cable and um, that other executive guy the uh, I don't remember what his name is um, the one who oversees the Saint thing. She yeah. the CEO says basically get rid of RoboCop, do whatever it takes, yeah. and gives them full you know full like carte blanche to just go and kill and eliminate RoboCop. Exactly. And so then that's when that's when you get to see RoboCable in action for the first time when he goes up against RoboCop and of course which is a standoff scene yeah. that is so hilarious and yeah. this made Amy laugh to no end because for some reason the music changes in this movie. Uh-huh. Amy, would you like to describe to my listeners how they change the the music and theme to this movie, which then dictates a lot of changes to the RoboCop character later in the film. How would you describe the music for the standoffs in this movie? Oh, well, they were a little confused. They went from flamenco to old Western to some sort of rock music, sort of, in the fight scene. Really bad new metal. Like really bad, like, uh, like I don't know, like Power Man 5000. But, like, <laughs> but like not even, like, and, and, I can't believe I'm like saying this, not even as good as Power Man 5000 right. for as good as they are, which wasn't good. So, <laughs> so you know, it's, yeah. But to be fair, they did only have one bad new metal seg- you know, part musically. The rest of it was just, like, Confused, sort of like you said, flamenco horns, and well, like, it was, and you know. that stuff only showed up during the sequences where there were standoffs and action between Robo Cable and RoboCop. Right. For some reason, the standoffs, and I, we're specifically speaking about the one in the it was either a train station or like a like a uh, airport or yeah, something like yeah. that, and they're standing like. Opposite of each other, so it would be like an old west standoff, like in the Man with No Name trilogy or something. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, it it feels like they push the reference and hit the nail on the head with this ridiculous flamenco music. Yeah, right. I don't know. I feel like the old western music was like from a cartoon. Well, that's what in general with this movie, because the movie then for. The vast majority of the runtime becomes Robo Cable versus RoboCop. Right. And they just continually fight in the, the va- like, there's a really protracted slow motion a car chase sequence. <laughs> there, There's a, a whole sequence where uh, RoboCop then goes undercover in old Detroit yep. in, like, the slums, and he's wearing a cloak like and a disguising, Obi-Wan like, Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. cloak. Yep, yep. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, nobody I, recognizes I, him. Nobody recognizes which him. Is un- which is hilarious because he's in a humongous group of people, and literally you could see like his fucking mask and visor like poking <laughs> out. And then he goes up 
to a vendor to buy something, which which I'm still not 100% sure. I think he was buying an augmentation or, or a repair of some kind. It was a repair of some yeah. kind because yeah. of the, the damage he took from RoboCable. He yep. needed to repair some processor that he had. That's right. And I remember he mentioned, because the guy was like, oh, don't you want the 600 model? He's like, no, the 200 is fine because we know that RoboCop's an older model. Yeah. Now he's going obsolete, as, as they put yeah. it. So, But then he walks up to this vendor, and the vendor's not just like, uh, are you RoboCop? Or like, <laughs> you know, like, or being like, okay, RoboCop. Until right. somebody got like some kid steals something from someone else right. and Robocop clotheslines him right. and the cloak goes back. Only then does the guy realize that oh, this Robocop. guy with the weird visor. Right. Oh, it's Robocop! Right, right. But right. I don't have anybody realizes that. And then and then the question I would have going back a little is here, does Robocop have money? Like, how was he going to buy that? I That's a good question. Does he have a wallet on him? Maybe, maybe. American Express? I don't really understand. Or maybe in old Detroit, the uh, currency is hand jobs. Oh, maybe man. Maybe RoboCop has programming for a really <laughs> nice hand job. You know, I, I can I can think of many robots giving me a hand job and... <laughs> And uh, and I would say that I would say that RoboCop would be one of the last ones that I would want to do that. Yes, uh, I for agree. Well, I reasons. mean, his hand just looks like it would crush it your cock. Be it would, yeah. yeah, it would. <laughs> and, squeeze and, be and right, and and we know the RoboCop's a man. Uh, and so I would prefer not Robo <laughs> RoboCop as a man. I prefer like you know. I don't know. Well, um, put on a really good disguise. That's and true. Look like <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how he's the master of disguise now. In Maybe this that movie. android from Eva Destruction can, you know, yeah, there play with you it. Go. She can slap it around. Yeah, fine. You know, there you go. I bet you she knows what she's doing. You know, but uh, oh boy, that's a movie I haven't seen since the nineties. I used to watch it all. The, it was it was it was that, on cable all the time. All the time. It was and who was who was the fucking guy in that movie? It's it's I, I, I'm Je- it's uh, Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. That's who it is. And yep. who was the other guy that was in? there uh, it wasn't Rugger Hauer was it no who was the other it, it was, was Jer- Gregory Hines and oh I can't oh, think man. of it without looking up it's not on the Jeremy phone. Irons I don't, I don't think but I, for some reason I keep thinking Jeremy Irons I don't think it's him though no but nevertheless yeah she can she the, the android in there can totally put my dog <laughs> that's fine but not Robocop Robocop can't can't jerk me off I'm not into it I'm not into it at all well I would also <laughs> say that Robocop just physically is just not my type yeah he's agreed. too stocky and too short oh, for me that second one though Robo Robo Cable so, on the other hand, he can play with it. Oh, so I'm. This is interesting. So, do you find? Do you sexually find yourself attracted to Robo Cable? Robo Amy? Cable, yes. You like the tall, dark, and handsome Robo Cable. Who doesn't? <laughs> would Would you like to see Robo Cable have the dong attachment? Yeah. Okay, so it's been confirmed, people. Robo Cable is the sexier option. Now. That's true. We all we all agree we would all have sex with Robo Cable. Okay, so, so it's, as long as we're on the same page. <laughs> I'm, I'm in agreement. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so they sit and fight, and it culminates to this battle at the end. Because honestly, even though this movie jumps all over the place, yeah. the the plot is fairly straightforward. It's they create Robo Cable. Robo Cable tries to frame RoboCop. RoboCop and Robo Cable fight the entire movie, yep. and then at some point, RoboCop gets into because Robo Cable and RoboCop can communicate. A wirelessly yeah. um, to each other. Yeah, they have some sort of um, Bluetooth before yeah. Bluetooth was a thing. They, so they can talk to yeah. each other, and RoboCop gets to him and replays his death, his final yep. moments to him. 
and it short circuits Robo Cable mm-hmm. for a while, whose prime directive was to kill Robocop. Right. He tries to he tries to get him to remember that he's human and that they were friends at one point. Yeah. One thing I was going to mention too, and I'm coming back here, when he's in old Detroit, he meets up with. Um, the the chick with the double like Darth Maul electric baton, yes, because because her because her daughter kid, her daughter was the one that I think was like saying, "Hey, give me my shit back," or whatever that guy stole, and then and then <coughs> the baton chick turns out to be her mom. So then you know because because RoboCop makes friends with the. Uh, with the um, little girl, then the mom becomes okay with it, and, yep. and you know, and RoboCop obviously doesn't hold any grudges because he doesn't like kill her on the spot, um, and so that so then it ends up that she kind of helps RoboCop is my sort of. Well, she becomes friends, kind of like yeah. in RoboCop Three, with where he befriends girl. that little girl yep. who's the hacker. Right, exactly. Yep. And but then you're right. Then it gets to the part where where finally it's the end, the end show showdown where OCP and fucking Robo uh, Robo fucking uh, Cable. Are, are going after RoboCop one final time, and then it's a big showdown, and it's actually pretty good. That, I thought the climax of this movie was a hundred times better. Oh, so much better. There's the all these thing. OCP agents with uh, shock batons. Yep. And uh, Ghostbuster guns. Yeah. And Ghostbuster guns. There's a lot of yep. cheesy electric yep. uh, special effects. There's actual action. There's yep. choreographed moves where the yeah. one that where the augmented lady starts, you know, leg pressing dudes and flipping them and yeah. all sorts of other shit. So it, it, it gets to this whole climax where they all fight. And you're uh, waiting the whole time for Robo Cable because he's like still recovering from like the shock of being, you know, discovering he's human and like his fucking neural processor or whatever yeah. is like trying to like come to grips. And it's the all build up to when he actually shows up and like like his Robocop's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. He's trying to protect because that's all Robocop does in this whole gets series. His fucking so ass kicked. He yeah. just gets fucking doused the he, entire time. He barely does anything like, you know, he barely kicks anyone's ass, which is really kind of funny. But um, but he's trying to protect this little girl, and then the and then the um, the baton chick gets her ass kicked by the OCP guys, yeah. and they're both about to be fucking toast. And then Robo Cable shows up out of nowhere, and and he you know remembers that he's a fucking cop and whatever, and and fucking saves the day, and <laughs> and, and, and fends off the OCP fucks, and uh, and then probably the funniest scene I've seen in a movie in a while when. The RoboCops, RoboCop and RoboCable are walking off together after the battles won. <laughs> because and they become buddies. They now. become buddies again, and he like he like he like literally RoboCable like literally helps him up. They walk off awkwardly into awkward the, because they both walk so because the uh, the costumes are obviously so awkward and oh, cumbersome yeah, that they sure. could barely walk at them. And they walk differently, which is also really funny. Yeah. Uh, but then like I forget, I think RoboCable puts his arm around RoboCop as they're walking away, yeah. which made me laugh. <laughs> Put his arm on his shoulder. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because because right because RoboCop's like four foot three and like <laughs> Robo, Robo, Robo Cable's Robo seven least, foot five. Yeah, you know. exactly. You know, now that I think about it, this, this is gonna irk me. So RoboCop, they did everything. Like he has no original parts minus his brain and his and part of his skull and like some other minor chunks. Sure. But they couldn't fucking give him longer legs. Like they can't just take <sighs> off the old ones and give him longer ones. I'm, I'm I'm guessing, and this is obviously me just trying to figure out. 
how he got so short in these movies beyond right. the actor. Right. Is that maybe somehow between RoboCop 3 and the, the first movie, something happened where the only parts they had were these short legs. Sure. So now he's so, <laughs> and it's so a, tiny. It's a stretch, but I'm going with it. <laughs> That's just like fine. got into the spare parts room, found yeah. the last. This is all we legs. got left. And this is all we got left. And this movie's so nerdy that I could see that happening. So, but then, then it gets to, like, I think what actually might be my favorite part of the movie because of, because of how evil it is. Uh, so then you get back to OCP and because, you know, they report on the fucking news that both the Robocops were destroyed, which is a lie because they weren't. Um, and, you know, so someone has to take the fucking, like there was some damage and that whole battle caused shit yeah. to go down. So, yeah. so OCP again, because it seems like this is all they're doing for the whole, whole movie and really the whole series. OCP is just getting bad publicity yeah. and like, and like it's hurting their fucking stocks yeah. and they're hurting the you know, bottom line of their, of their company. So fucking CEO of OCP tries to fire the guy who made the executive who made Saints. Yeah. So then he goes downstairs to like the lab after he gets quote unquote fired, takes control of Saints. And then like all the executives are gathered in the room talking about his replacements or whatever. And he fucking changes the barometric pressure in the room and the temperature and the temperature and kills all of them, which is fucking pretty great. So like, yeah. it looks really cool. And it's a cool idea. I thought that was a cool, like it reminded me of another movie. I'm trying to think which one, I mean, this has been done before, but sure. Everything's been done, but it reminded me of something else specifically. I thought was cool. It's and, dark. Uh, I like how each of these movies so far um, have ramped up to like an interesting angle toward the end where it's like you kind of do want to see what's going to happen next. One thing that's important to note, too, about this film is there were tits in it. Bare tits. That's right. In two sets Detroit. of bare tits. Yeah. Yep. Two sets of bare tits. And this is a TV movie. So I'm not sure how they contended with. You know, having bare tits. I mean, I assume that. Yeah, I don't know what the policy is with Canadian television. If I mean, it's more European yeah. in nature where then they're they allowed show to show them. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I, I always thought they were a little bit more like America. But I mean, I mean, my, my family is from, you know, half my family is from Canada, but I don't remember seeing boobs on TV when I was a mm, kid sure. too much. But, you know, because I haven't been up there in a while. But, um, but nevertheless, I mean, and, and that part that they had was easy enough. They could have edited that out for television. Oh, had easily. It, it, we're, we're talking maybe a second or two on screen. Yeah. And, and it's, a, yeah. it's a dolly shot where they're just like two tracking past these like these storefronts. It's almost like an, yeah. like an Amsterdam setting where One of just them had like fake a, looking ones, like not like fake, like fake booze, but like. You know, like how in Return of the Living Dead, they had to put the fake piece over Linnea's crotch. Oh, right, right, So right. this almost looked like those weren't real boobs, one of them. Like, they had to, like, make, like, a fake plaid. Like probably oh. she, she didn't want to have her real boobs shown, you well, know? And that's a possibility. One, one set of them was for sure real or, yeah. you know, as real as... $30? Uh, would I pay 30 bucks to see them in person? <laughs> no, to, uh, to film them. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. Those, that, no, they paid 60, $65 for those boobs. She probably maybe got like 60 bucks. No, and like, $30 a piece. Oh, right, right. That's a good point. <laughs> I, those are those are worth about that, you know, maybe maybe a little more. But I mean, oh man, I mean, all the extras in this thing probably. I mean, I'm trying as I watch this, like I'm more convinced of the budget for these because it was over a mil, like you said. Yeah, it's like um, a mil episode. Half, yeah, um, all the budgets go into the CGI because I'm sure that cost a ton of money to edit back. At and that then. this was these were made in the year 2000. Sure. So I mean, this is. At the time where a lot of that work would have taken yeah. a long time to process. Like Tons of editors. Multiple people on a team doing and stuff. Yeah, really well done. I mean, this was something like right off the bat, there's a lot of comp work. And yeah. what I mean by that, listeners, is that when you, you composite work where you take two images and stitch them together in a seamless 
manner. And there's a lot of like overlay work where they take digital overlays and put them on practical things and make it try to integrate and look like it's genuinely there. There's a lot of that. And it's done well. Like all the effects uh, work other than the cheesy explosions and the ricochets (laughs) and all the, like it looks cheesy. Why didn't we talk about the people lasered in half in the opening scene? Oh, because we forgot about it. Amy, talk about the the lasers. (laughs) No, the opening scene, we get there. The buildings, well, the three stealthy ladies are there. They end up screwing up the security system and the police go in and they have five seconds to leave. And then the lasers turn on. Yeah, the, the, like, the security <laughs> system, it, like the hell security system, all of a sudden triggers l- killer lasers that start chopping people in half. And we are treated to the goriest scene of any of these movies yet where a dude gets yeah. chopped Resident Evil style. In half. Vertically. Vertically. <laughs> and you see the cheese again. Yeah, the cheesy digital guts yeah. and skull. Which again, for a TV movie, is is you know, I mean, pretty pretty intense violence. You don't, I mean, nowadays you would see that on TV, but I don't know about twenty years ago. You know, I, I don't, that's why I'm wondering if maybe they did a full like R-rated cut, yeah, and then decided maybe we could cross do each of these uh, in home video release unrated, yep. and then a rated cut for television. Sure, that's probably what it is. Just like just like they do with the RoboCop movie, because there's there's a TV cut of RoboCop, of course, which which I is on the new. Blu-ray, and I, I, I do want to watch it just to know, and I feel like I've maybe watched RoboCop once on television, but I mean, I can't even imagine how much neutering you'd have to do to make RoboCop oh, palatable pass or for even, American yeah. television. I mean, television. I mean, you'd be talking like you cut almost all the plot of the movie. Yeah. You cut all the coolest parts. Guy getting shot in the dick. Like you can't even have that. You know, like you know, like that's the, one of my favorite things. Well, it's yeah. one of those philosophies that I've heard many times from people is that. With movies that where the the creators want to push it, but know that maybe and this happens a lot in the horror genre now because you know how attractive it is right. to try and uh, market these films towards kids and get the most dollars they can, so they neuter these movies down to PG thirteen. Right. That the directors aim for the hard R, right, and just so that their vision at some point stays intact with like a director's cut when it comes out on DVD and they do it in a way that, you know, the PG 13 will still play. Sure. Sure. Not always, but I mean, it's something where I've heard multiple directors on podcasts and other things just say, Hey, we shot a hard R. Yeah. It's there. But they had to cut it down in order to get it where it needed to be. So I'm sure Sure. that's a lot of what's happening in this because, and, and there by no means is anything in this, these movies are hard R. No, I mean, I especially nowadays. I mean, like this could easily be a PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. But, but I'm thinking, you know, I think back to like even with lasering the guy in half and lasering the head off and lasering the other guy in well, half. But the thing is, those those shots are really cheesy. The way yeah. that they're done is not like in a realistic fashion. Yeah. In these days, I think that would fly on on a regular TV. Maybe not the vertical in half showing the guts inside maybe that little incident like it would cut him and then they would cut away but the vast majority of everything else sans the boobies would totally fly 
I mean, it's hard to know what flies and doesn't fly nowadays. I mean, I think about like The Walking Dead and how violent that is. Extremely and violent. And that's on, you know. Um, they have TV. ratings now. Yeah. So the rating system allows them to do what they want because they've yeah. warned you. Yeah. And it's sick. They again. told you, right. And yeah. this could be like, a, you know, what, TV 15, whatever the fuck that rating the, the, is, you know. The way Plex has this labeled is TVMA, okay. which is. 17. Yeah. It's the rated R. Sure. Yep. Sure. I mean, I wonder if there's a, uh, I wonder if there's an unrated. Uh, and C-17 cut of, of this shit. I'm sure there's not. Oh, but, I doubt it. But I'd love to see it because I'm sure it'd be hilarious. Yeah, maybe like, you know, more, more tits or, uh, <laughs> or uh, you know, Robo, Robo, RoboCop and fucking RoboCable finally getting it on, you know. Whatever. I would like to see the cut where somebody digitally enhances RoboCop so that he's the same size as RoboCable. Oh, man. So that it's like, like leg stretching. Like, it, would be hey, cool. affect legs, he's still just the legs. He's still stocky on the top, but his legs are extended. So deep fakers, it affects gurus out there. If you could get me a cut of this movie where you go in kind of like when uh, those people that recut the special editions of Star Wars they went in there and added and fixed stuff. Yeah, if you could do this. that to Prime Directives and oh, make Robocop man. the same size, I would, I don't know I you name your price what that's going to be and we'll figure something out what, If we're going to go that far, if we're going to deep fake it, just fucking put Peter Weller Robocop yeah. in, in there Just, just do the whole nine yards. You can keep the voice. Obviously, that's hard to change. But but at least put, you know, Reader Weller RoboCop in there. Correct size RoboCop, you know, yeah. looking good. That would make me happy. Yeah. You know, then I can at least pretend it's Peter Weller and, you know, maybe he's having a fucking bad throat day or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, okay. So to, to wrap this up yeah. with this one, because that's the, the show ends with, with them, with Saint... Basically killing off all OCP and uh, <laughs> fucking RoboCable, RoboCop are walking off into the sunset. Yep. And we'll, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next one. That's other true. than they're on the run now. They're, on, they're, they're buddies and, they're fu- and RoboCop and RoboCable are fugitives. So we got this basic plot of, you know, how the second Spider-Man was New York City versus Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. That's what this is. This is yeah. Detroit and Delta City versus RoboCop and RoboCable. So, yeah. so Final thoughts on this. I have to say that I, like I said at the beginning, I found this entirely enjoyable, mm-hmm. mostly because my expectations now are very low as to what the production value is of this. That RoboCop is laughable to look at. It, it once you get past that, and as a fan of the world that they've created, there's a lot of ten- attention given to the lore and the world building. And as a RoboCop nerd, that's seen everything now. I love that the writers actually gave it the um, respect that it deserved. And it feels like this movie more than the first one felt like it should live in a RoboCop series. Like it, it worked for me and I had a lot of fun watching this. So I would say if you could do a supercut so far, cut the very basic essentials out of the first movie and plunk them onto this one and it would work because this is a much better movie for uh, my dollar. A.B., 
compared to the first one, what are your final thoughts on this? Oh, it's very entertaining, and I like looking at Robo Cable. Oh, so Amy's all twisted up about Robo Cable. It's interesting, interesting. I didn't expect this to happen. So she's a robosexual for Robo Cable right yeah, now. Nice. I never knew that about Amy. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. We all learned something new. Man, that is good. You, you know what they say about once you go robot. I don't know. No, neither do I, actually. (laughs) I assume it's the same as not going back ever. Yeah, not um, going back. Um, Final thoughts. You know, I'm with you pretty much. And I entirely, I thought this was a lot better than the first one. I have high hopes for, uh, I think, Resurrection is the next one. Resurrection is the next one. Oh, we didn't even say at the... In a plot that is stretched out over the entire length of this fucking movie where uh, Alex Murphy's son basically oh, sits at yeah. a computer the entire fucking movie, yep. little by little finding out that yep. his dad is RoboCop. He finally figured it out. At the yep. very end, very literally weird. for days, this guy was sitting at a computer. How hard is this to fucking <laughs> suss out? I mean, I can't even believe that. There's, there's no picture anywhere in the OCP database of Robo with his helmet off? I oh. Oh my god, so stupid. Or like he never like anywhere like we saw any of the news footage of Robocop from earlier, you know, years where he got, you know, his fucking face mask off. I mean, I have trouble believing that. But yeah, in any event, at least he fucking figured out. He figures it out. Figured it out and finally got to it and and that's good. And I and and I'm thankful for him. I'm curious how that's gonna impact the future, you know, and how the, how, how he's going to treat him from now on. Because he was, you know, a little prick OCP executive before. Now. Now maybe he'll grow a conscience and we'll see. Resurrection is coming up next. So so, so thumbs up all around for this one. And yeah, uh, thumbs up, yeah. we're, we're going to take a break. Go get something to eat. And then we'll come back next time uh, you hear us in this episode. We'll have watched RoboCop Resurrection. So stick around. Transmission is in your space. You are not safe. Now or ever. I hear a gunshot, and the mirror behind the bar explodes, becoming thousands of shiny slivers of glass. Where the hell did that shot come from? I hit the deck and cover my head and neck as best as I can. Unfortunately, I'm using my arms. I get cut pretty bad. Goddamn windows and mirrors. The second after I get showered in broken glass, the guy with three arms starts shooting up the place. Thank God I'm already behind the bar. I learned that trick a few years ago. The first sign of trouble, you jump behind the bar. This technique has saved my life more than once. Anyway, the guy with three arms opens fire, and from where I'm at, it sounds ugly. I should actually take a moment to expound upon the phrase, the guy with three arms. He's not really so much a guy as he is an eight-foot-tall, black-as-ebony, man-shark kind of thing, with three arms that have elbows that bend both ways. The three guns he carries are said to be soul-forged, which means that the soul of a living creature was added to the smelted ore that was used to cast each gun. The necromancers that make soul-forged gear torture the souls before they pour it into the smelted ore, which turns the soul into a vengeful wraith that consumes the soul of any creature killed by the weapon that it inhabits. This means that the gun gets more powerful with every kill, obviously. 
Sorry to break in all this backstory and slow everything up, but you need this kind of setup to get the full effect of the tale. You'll see. So anyway, more about Blackie Mancharco. That's not really his name, I just think it's funny. The guy's been around for centuries. He was once an emperor on his homeworld, some backwoods aquatic planet, until he offered his entire kingdom to some dark god in exchange for a life out of the water. With his new legs and lungs, he soon became a major player in numerous shady dealings throughout the galaxy. He got himself wanted for murder, extortion, theft, impersonating a religious figure, and armed robbery. After his alleged involvement in the liberation of Yogg-Sothoth, he found his way into other probabilities somehow, and eventually found his way to Earth. Uh, one of them, anyway. Remember that story in the Weekly World News? Shark Man robs Farmer's Market in Fitzgerald, Georgia. That was him. He also killed, raped, and ate, in that order, a family of five in Daytona. Blackie is a confirmed eater of children, which is punishable by death in most probabilities and galaxies. After his short time on Earth, Blackie went back to his home galaxy and commandeered himself a spaceship. He did the space pirate thing for a while, and then one day, on some rock in the middle of nowhere, he met a necromancer named Dave Riley. Dave gave Blackie the idea about picking up some soul-forged guns, and Blackie soon collected two other necromancers to help Dave craft these weapons. After the guns were made, Blackie killed Dave and the other two necromancers and made their souls the first to be consumed by each of his weapons. Then he ate them. With his new guns, Blackie set out on a path of destruction that tread through five galaxies and three probabilities. He got himself wanted for every crime in the book. Eventually, he became a gunslinger of sorts, and he took to challenging folks to duels everywhere he went. Claimed he was the deadliest creature in existence. Claimed he had over 10,000 souls in each of his guns. Then he claimed he had found the guns of Arthur Eld, the greatest gunslinger that ever lived. That was why my wife had dragged me to this bar on this ghetto planet on the outskirts of decent civilization. She didn't care that Blackie had been bragging. We figured we'd run into him sometime or another anyway, and she would set him straight then. But then we heard that he had been telling folks that he had found some gunslinger iron. Well, that just pissed my wife off. If they're real, I want them. And if they're not, it's about time somebody shut him the fuck up, don't you think? She said to me. Sure, I said. How much ammo should I pack? Not a bunch, she shrugged. So anyway, here we are at a shithole of a bar on a ghetto planet, face to face with one of the baddest motherfuckers ever. Well, Antoinette is face to face with the scary bastard. I'm behind the bar. The last thing I saw before I jumped over the bar and took cover was Blackie and Antoinette giving each other mean stares, and everybody else in the bar running for the door, even the bartender. So like I said, the mirror behind the bar explodes, and I get all cut up, as usual. Immediately after this, Blackie Mancharco lets loose the juice, and his guns sound like cannons in rapid fire. I hear him get about seven shots in, and then I hear six other shots that boom so loud that the bar shakes on its foundation. These six shots are so thunderous that the impact closes my throat, and I choke for a moment. The silence after these shots concerns me, so I get up from the floor, shaking the broken glass out of my hair, hoping to see my wife unhurt, as usual. This is what I see. Blackie Mancharco on the floor, in a pool of his own sickly yellow blood, which is a weird and stark contrast to his shiny black body. Blackie is missing all of his arms and both of his legs. My wife is standing over him with her revolvers, which are roughly the size of Buicks, drawn. You all right, babe? I ask her. Yeah, she speaks through her teeth. Her voice sounds like a woman in the grip of a homicidal rage. She looks mad enough to burst into flames. Her red hair glows like magma. Something occurs to me. I heard six shots. Blackie's only got three arms and two legs. Where'd the other shot go? I asked my wife. 
That sneaky little fucker over there, she answers, jerking her head to the left, toward the door. I look in that direction and see half a guy lying near the door. There's a small handgun lying close to him. The hole in the wall where the guy must have been standing is about a foot in diameter. So that's who shot the mirror. Bastard. I didn't even see him there. I wonder if this asshole was shooting at me or Antoinette. And then I stop wondering because, ah, he's dead now anyway. I look at Blackie again. He's starting to moan and groan, waving his bloody stumps around. You need a partner to back you up, Blackie? Thought you were a badass. Real duelists don't need no partner, you fucking chump, I say to him. Blackie starts cussing us in his language, which is basically a lot of resonant humming, gurgling, and bubbly sorts of noises. Antoinette holsters her hand cannons and then steps over and opens Blackie's coat. She digs out two ancient revolvers. She examines them for a moment, grins, and then tosses the guns to me. Blackie is still cussing up a storm. I study the ancient revolvers for a moment, and my eyes go wide. Babe, I think these are the real deal, I say. Me too, she says as she picks up one of Blackie's guns. The damn thing looks like a grenade launcher. The grip is so big it takes Antoinette two hands to wield it. Of course they are real, you talking ape. Blackie lapses into English, which sounds really strange when spoken with a watery, sharky accent. Antoinette looks down at Blackie. Well, they're mine now, you talking fish, she says, aiming Blackie's gun at his own face. And I'm going to feed your soul to this thing. She gestures with the gun, and the gun lets out an unmistakable rasp of hunger. Blackie starts cussing again, but Antoinette interrupts him by blowing his fucking head off. We watch as Blackie's soul is visibly drawn into the gun. It's sort of like watching tiny fireworks in reverse. It's really cool. I wish I had my camera with me. Afterwards, we pack up Blackie's guns. We have a collection to add to, you know and leave a stack to pay for the damages and then head home. Back at home, after a cup of coffee and a hot shower, I make love to my wife. I let you imagine how amazing that is. After, as Antoinette falls asleep and starts to snore, I light up a blunt and think about my life before I met her. I think about putting on my name tag to go to work at Circuit City, and I laugh out loud. As soon as the laugh escapes my lips, Antoinette's hand comes out from under her pillow holding a desert eagle. She only keeps small ones in the bed. The rest of her body never moves. She's probably still asleep. It's okay, babe. Just me. Sleep, I say, and pat her head. She grumbles something, puts the gun away, and then sighs. Content.
I don't know about you, but life is busy nowadays. Between work, family, and friends, I don't have a lot of time for meal prep and cooking. I want my kids and I to eat wholesome, nutritious, responsibly sourced meals. But I'm a single dad, and I don't always have the time to do that myself. That's why I'm so glad to have found Red Apron. Red Apron is a meal delivery service that brings freshly prepared food right to your door, ready to serve and eat. What sets Red Apron apart from the other meal delivery services is not only their extensive menu, but their unique, devotion-based exchange system. At Red Apron, they believe that no family should be denied a delicious meal, and as such, they do not accept traditional currency in exchange for their service. Instead, Red Apron merely asks that once every turn of the moon, you provide the address and name of an enemy that lives within 100 miles of your home. No further information required. I don't know about you, but I've got plenty of enemies nowadays, and at a rate of one a month, I figure I have meals covered for my kids and I for the next... Who knows? I may never cook again. And these meals are really something special. Always fresh, with choice, delicious cuts of meat unlike any I've ever tasted before. If you happen to have any vegetarians or vegans in your home, and nowadays who doesn't? Two of my three daughters are. You'll find that Red Apron's faux meat products rival the taste and texture of any others on the market. In fact, I served my dad one of Red Apron's beef-style veggie burgers, and he couldn't tell the difference. These things even bleed when you cook them. Another thing that sets Red Apron apart from the other guys is their dedication to bringing style and sophistication to every meal delivery. Red Apron's meals are delivered to your door on ornate, sigilized, covered platters by silent, hooded women in pristine white robes. My neighbors give me such looks when Red Apron comes by, even now after three months of deliveries. So I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Visit redapron.com to set up your meal plan today. Red Apron, your family will love you and your enemies will fear you. You are listening to Astro Radio Z. anything I wanted to I couldn't why not you came all this way just to kill me I came all this way because I needed to Jimmy after your mother 
look at me. I thought it was better. You were wrong. Tell me, what kind of a father do you think I could have been for you? Any kind of father would have been better than none at all. Any kind. Any kind. Jimmy. Stop! Stop calling me Jimmy! If this is what you want... Stop. James. I want you to look into your father's eyes before you do it. Haven't enough people died today? Welcome back, folks. We're just going to get right into this. We just finished up watching RoboCop Resurrection. Now, let's talk about leading up to this first and, and how this movie shook down. We stopped. We watched two movies. And we decided to go out to eat. First restaurant, we show up, and by the look of the draw, the fucking restaurant was closed. Yeah, it sucks. It, was, it sucked. So we went out and horked a lot of sushi. Admittedly, my body is really processing food at this point. Mm -hmm. It's 11.02 p.m. right now. We've been watching RoboCop movies since 2 in the afternoon. Well, closer to 3. Probably. Closer to 3? Okay, since so 3 in the afternoon. And we come back after having a wonderful meal. We had not a lot of nice conversation. Really great food. And turn on RoboCop Resurrection which is part three at the end of uh, the last movie robo cable and robocop or mini robo we'll call him from now on not to continually go on about how short robocop is in this series he's so, short. He's so fucking tiny he's a little guy but they're walking off into the sunset uh, after their battle, RoboCop and RoboCable are now wandering through old Detroit. RoboCop is rescued and repaired just in time by Anne Arkey. Yes, that literally is someone's name. Anne Arkey. Mm -hmm. Lex and Abby. That's the three girls that uh, tried hijacking Saint at the beginning of part two. Yep. 
They save at the end. I that is just anarchy. So that like yeah. So the OCP squad that was sent to kill Robo Cage and Little Robo are going after him, and uh, well, Robo Cage hides Little Robo and basically tries to save him. But they fuck up Robo Cage super bad. Oh yeah, because they have like an entire army after them, yeah. and RoboCop's system is failing. Yep. So Robo Cable has to lead, ditch him, and he's hoping to kind of like stave off this army of dudes that are coming after him. Yep. But Anarchy. Yeah. Let's. That is literally one of the worst names ever I've Call seen. Call her Anne. No, you gotta accentuate you gotta how awful this. You gotta drive home how awful this name is. Yeah. The girls grab RoboCop and lead her off. Meanwhile, RoboCable is captured by Doctor David K. Dick. <laughs> yep. Philip K. Phil, Dick. I was gonna say Philip. That's Dick, what this is in reference to. Yeah. David K. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them how it's spelled. K A Y D I C K. Yeah. Who looks like reject Kiefer Sutherland from the Lost Boys? Fatter though. Yeah, a little chubbier. He kind of looks like that mixed with uh, uh, what's his name from Clockwork Orange, Roddy. Oh, uh, uh, no, Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Thing. Yep. Uh, yeah, it looks like a fat Malcolm McDowell mixed with Kiefer Sutherland, sort of. Um, so I guess it's kind of vaguely cyberpunkish, but so yeah, so Robo Cage gets repaired by K Dick in his lab, and little Robo gets taken to Anarchy's lab, <laughs> and they both separately somehow have you know the ability to repair these you know fucking robots, which it turns out we thought we thought that only OCP had the technology to set and repair right. these. Well, we found out RoboCop three. That anybody could start repairing RoboCop. Right, right. And in this case, K-Dick was a former OCP guy who went into hiding after doing some fucked up shit. So he knew about all this stuff. He was like a neurological engineer or some shit. So yeah. he like knew how fucking RoboCops worked. And then he was married to Anarchy <laughs> or, or together with Anarchy. And so that's how she knew how to like repair RoboCop, of course. Of course. Little Robo. And so Mini Robo. Here we there was this whole scene where it looked like she was re- replacing one of his legs. Yeah. And I thought, oh, he's getting a leg extension. Yeah, Finally. That, no, that, no. Nope. Same pudgy little legs he's nope. putting on him. Yeah, sorry, I'm fucking yawning. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I so. don't blame you for yawning yeah, after yeah. this one. But yeah, yeah, and uh, and so then it turns out that K. Dick just wants to use Robo Cage to get revenge on OCP for, and Anarchy and, and, and Anarchy, who's shacking up with uh, Little Robo now, um, and so he puts that like, weird chip. <laughs> in his mind to control him. Uh, so basically he like puts this chip in Robo Cage's head that he can like use this this control to like actually burn his circuits out if, if he doesn't comply or whatever. Right. And then Anarchy finds out that there's an entire part of Robo little Robo's brain that never got activated. So they activate that part of the brain and then you get an awesome fucking flashback scene to the surgery that from RoboCop One, the original RoboCop One movie. And, and the death, the death scene, scene. Yeah, yeah, with fucking um with fucking Clarence Boddicker and all that shit. So so I mean it's brief, but at least it's there. At least there's finally some actual tie in. Yeah. So yeah. that was cool. I thought that was neat uh, that they actually had that. But then but then from there you know the rest of the movie fucking drags, and it's basically basically it's like both 
you know, sides of, you know, these fucking robos talking with their new folks. And then Robo's, uh, little Robo's son is still teaming up with OCP and he wants to go after and find. He's, he, yeah, he's hired to kill RoboCop yeah. while uh, David K. Dick, his master plan, yeah. because Saint now is sentient and now is controlling um, Delta City. Yep. He has this master plan of this computer virus called Legion that he's planted in his daughter, who's, I guess, is cybernetic. It's not really yeah. explained, but the, it's the daughter seems he like, had with anarchy. Yep. Which I, yeah, they didn't explain if she's like a robot or half something or other. I don't or know. she's just enhanced the way anarchy. Right, because they, they show how he has that same stealth technology, and he moves like, we thought he was like a weird wizard at first, like the way he moved and stuff, uh, when he rescued um, Robo Cage. Yeah. Like, every kill. We had no idea who the fuck it was and, and all that, but uh, but yeah, this, the, this thing started off really so good. Again, again. each of these movies, they kind of go through the same progression, where they start off with a really great action scene, yep. then we go to a boardroom scene at yep. OCP, yep. then we slow down to another talking scene, right. and then it just plays out. And then you get the end sequence, which yep. is always it's a big battle. This is following the fucking same... <laughs> Formula that any TV show would, you know, like fucking. This is like you know, every show you saw in the fucking eighties had the same fucking format, and and that's fine. I love the fucking eighties. This is the middle season episode yeah. where you basically blew your load on the last episode, and it's all the action set pieces, and this is the the episode where everything slows down to a crawl, yeah. and you just sit and spin your wheels for an episode. I kind of felt like the action sequence in the beginning of this one seemed longer and, and better than the action sequence in the previous two movies, though. Like, it actually seemed more brutal. And, like, when they were, like, pounding Robocop, mm-hmm. or Robo Cage, rather, with those sledgehammers and, like, you know, they were just blasting them. Although, the one thing I fucking hate, and they did this in part one, too, because this was... So they brought back... Those guns they use in part one that they give Clarence Boddicker at the end. Yeah, like the anti-tank gang, guns. The anti-tank yeah. fucking whatever the fuck those are that OCP gives them to kill RoboCop. The guy that's running the OCP squad that's going after the Robos has that gun. And he shoots, of course, at RoboCage, misses, and there's a big explosion, just like in part one. And RoboCage is slow as fuck. There's no reason that he should not have been able to aim this fucking high-tech weapon and blow him into the next dimension. But nope, he misses him. He misses him, and then later on, he brings the same gun back. And there's that scene where he's like, at the end, at the end battle, where he's like aiming at him, and he could have had him like multiple times over, but then he somehow allows Robo Cage the opportunity to like shoot the gun to do everything. Yeah, yeah to like get him, and then oh, he shoots his fucking hand off. Robo Cage, which shoots, is the best gore in all of this so yeah, far. Yeah, which is the goriest thing. Yeah, like Robo Cage shoots the OCP squad leader's hand off. And then he, and then of course it's an off-screen kill with the fucking sledgehammer, uh, sledgehammer which yeah. is cool, a cool reference or whatever. But yeah, this 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 episode probably had a couple of the more gorier elements, or at least it seemed like it seemed like the parts that were violent were more violent than the stuff in the previous yeah. episodes. There's uh, definitely there was that scene where the the one uh, army member gets hit by the truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They and did one of those. They, that was another part one reference when they were yep. the mutant guy. Well, the guy who mutates. Yeah. And then they did the same fucking thing with this, where they just fucking splatter a guy with a big vehicle. That was cool too. So there was some there was some part one references in this that you know I thought were cool and and uh, I liked that. Um, mm-hmm. And then they finally and then you know at the end 
fucking um, little Robo and uh, his son have they find oh like my they actually, god they actually meet up the son the son after the squad's all killed has a fucking EMP uh, ready to fry out Robocop's yep. circuits yep. and they have a heart to heart and they have a heart to heart talk and uh, Robocop takes off his helmet yeah. and has these wild crazy eyes and he cries and he again cries. Robocop cries yeah. a lot in this series he, he did he cried in the last uh, episode and he cried like Big time in this, so yeah. I didn't know RoboCop could cry, but no, I wasn't uh, aware of it. But uh, but in any event, that happened, and uh, and uh, now we, you know, basically it ended with them because now they're reporting RoboCop's dead because because well there was they thought camera. the EMP yeah, yeah the OCP's uh, video feed went out and they presupposed that the EMP had knocked out all electronic devices so RoboCop obviously is dead at that point right didn't happen Robo Anarchy. And uh, the fucking uh, sun are running off into the sunset. Oh, I forgot. No, to they're looking. They're looking for David K. Dick. Yeah. And the daughter. Right. Um, before, well, one mostly to save the daughter, but two, in order to stop Legion for for reasons. There's there's so many things in this movie that happen for reasons. Like there's a yeah. sequence where RoboCop all of a sudden goes into arrest mode yeah. on somebody when in this entire series we never see him actually with other police officers. No. Where the fuck would he take somebody <laughs> to arrest them? It's never established, not like the regular series where there was a precinct right. where he would take them there yeah. and they would get arrested. He hasn't that, been at the precinct since uh, RoboCage died. Nope. Yeah, and 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 well, they all think he's dead. Now, but it was an but, abandoned precinct. Right. It wasn't even a functioning one. Right. So there are no cops in Delta City. It, it's the, the military force. It's the OCP folks. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's a military state. So right. all the regular old old school cops are you is that what you're saying is yeah, that they've yeah. been eliminated They're so it's, now gone. it's this military yeah, state. Yeah, exactly. I assume they want to stop Legion, because if he uploads Legion, um, K-Dick, then he has control of fucking Saint. Of everybody. Then, who then has control of the whole city. Yeah. And he, wants to, he wants to bring on the, quote-unquote, as he said, new dark age to Delta City. So, I mean, you know, that's a cool concept. It's it's very mustache twirly. It's very right. much like Batman and yeah. the Riddler. And, it's, you know, it's yeah. this kind of fucking nonsense. Yeah. Um, didn't RoboCop fight Batman in the comics once? I, oh, yeah. I yeah, there was a whole happens. series. There's yeah. a whole series with RoboCop and the Terminator. Yep. There's all this shit. I, if I got to be completely honest, this is the first time since we started watching these movies that I was like, okay, I'm really feeling that this is awful. Like, <laughs> I did not like this one. Mostly because like there was a lot of cool stuff that we had said about this. Right. But nothing happens in this movie for like three quarters of the movie. There's a, a long chunk of, of very boring segments. Uh, zero. Literally zero is added that couldn't have been summed up within five minutes. But you know what? I will say, though, like the parts in this that I enjoyed, I think I've enjoyed probably the almost the most out of what we've watched so Interesting. far. Because I, I mean, and, and they're not as prevalent yeah. the, the moments, but like that whole opening thing where they're going after Robo Cage, that was awesome. And I thought the end battle here was pretty cool with that with that guy. Um, you know, although the end battle, the end battle of the last one might have been better. But I just think, man, like I, I still think the first one, Dark Justice, so far has been the worst. 
Uh, wow. And, and, well, but you know, but you know, there's so much because there's so much of that backstory that needed to be cut down on. You know? Well, it did. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. think after the high of uh, the last meltdown, yeah, this was such a steep decline back into episode one territory where we needed to sit in. Really, it wasn't like. There was some backstory, like we found out Cable's wife, Sarah, had a, a stillborn child. Oh, yeah. So they lost a child for why did we need to know that? And well, I think they were I think they were trying to set it up that they that somehow Cable blamed Alex Murphy for the death. Which makes no which sense. I didn't understand why he would do that. I mean, I would try I'm trying to think why he would think that way, but but there's that scene where he's like staring down Alex Murphy <sighs> after his fucking kid dies, you know, in the fucking uh, operating room this or whatever. So, again, another scene that or dies in just padding out runtime. Yeah. There's no reason that needs to there's be a, there. There's a lot of padding. This and this episode had the padding because they were trying to introduce K Dick and they were trying to give us more <laughs> info about uh, about anarchy. So which you know, to some degree, unnecessary. I mean, they could have cut down those Kadic scenes for sure, and probably that probably the probably some of those anarchy scenes, too, yeah. especially the one where because that little girl android or whatever, like uh, Kadic had been watching her with that bear he gave her that talked to her, and, and which was like Chucky. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. And, and like, if you're a parent, like you know, you're anarchy, and your kid is talking to a, a doll. And you don't really know. I mean, like, you know, nothing's like what it seems in these movies. You know, if there's a fucking talking doll with a robotic face, it's probably somebody, you know. Okay, I took it as, um, I don't know, have you seen the new Child's Play? I have not. It's wonderful. It's really good. I liked it a lot, actually. But the premise in that one is is that where um, the old Chucky movies where it was a doll and a guy, like, through voodoo possessed him. Yeah, yep. Um, The new movies are robotic buddies, that everybody gets, they have a sort of artificial intelligence where oh. they learn your habits and they sit and oh. they're your friend and they help out around, almost like an Alexa in a, sure. in a robot form, in a little like doll form. Sure. But something happens that that changes Makes this one, like crazy. a certain thing. I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, this guy is pissed when he's making this one particular doll and the, the inhibitor that's in it gets turned off. So oh. the doll can then learn whatever the hell it wants to so learn. It learns bad shit. Yeah. And the the doll in this, the Wombi or whatever it was yeah, called, yeah. is the same thing. Got it. And that it seems like in this world, all kids have these Wombies, oh. which are their like okay. little friend avatars. Oh, I'm the commercial now. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that. Okay, so that makes more sense. Now. So that's why she was allowed to be like wooed by this thing, and, and he could like uninhibited go through and talk to her yeah. and it never was obvious that it was him until right. he made it obvious. Right. And then he came out of the woodwork and, and yeah. And it's, this one didn't, and, and maybe I'm just starting to fucking blend some of these together here, but this one didn't seem like it had so many of those, um, of those like funny commercials or like, nope. you know, like I, it seemed like there was very little of that in this one compared to the other two, which was kind of disappointing, especially since some of them were pretty funny. Like yeah. the ones they did have with with the cloning of the Mandy's. Yes. And they because they revamped the TV news show and then they yeah. you the guy likes the Mandy's so much. Uh, the all these blonde clones. He replaces all the news anchors That's with right. these clones. All three of them, they, right. That was cool. I liked that. That's true. Because the way they named him or whatever was funny. Uh, or like the way they like described like, oh, I'm the 
I'm the pretty one. No, I'm the whatever one. Like the what they were talking about. And they all look identical. Yeah, they're all identical. Yeah, yeah. It's oh man, yeah. There's there's some stuff I really really liked. Amy, was there anything about this you liked at all? Mm, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it's very boring. Yeah, very that's boring. You got Robo Cage though. He wasn't even good in it. Yeah. Oh, Robo Cage. He did come down a peg in this, I feel like. You didn't get as much Robo-Kid. You got more David K. Dick and Anarchy. Which, David K. Dick, that character in this movie is, like I said, so mustache twirly that yeah. it's hard to take him seriously. It's yeah. even for the... He's Dr. Like, Wiley, basically. Oh, it's 100% Dr. Wiley. Yeah. And well, it's like that bone guy. They have to have a really stupid villain. Yeah, the bone machine guy. It's the so same thing. stupid villain. And it just, after the second movie, this, oh my God, I don't know if it was the food or what it was. I had a tough time. I had a real tough time, like, stayed awake watching this one. That's that's, that's true. I think I did too. The Um, robot guys were, like, asleep being worked on most of the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, that's very true. It's all these other people while everyone's working on RoboCops because everyone knows how to work on RoboCops. of course. Well, you know, I mean, that's... Don't you? Yeah, obviously I know how to work on all RoboCops. Right, if you, if you don't, I mean, you could probably build one from scratch. Again, okay, so we've watched three of these gimmicks now. Oh, yeah. Only one of them I've thought have been actually genuinely good. They yeah. all have elements that I think are really, are, are pretty cool. Was it the first one you liked the most? I liked the second one the best I, so I far. Think that, I think that, yeah, I mean, I can definitely say that I think the second one probably had the best pacing overall. Um, and had probably the best story. In the most action, it yeah. just felt like a RoboCop movies where these other ones felt like they didn't have much really going on. I think and two is there's... probably the best one, you know, so far. Three, I thought, you know, this wasn't good, but what was good in it was was good enough to beat out the first one because the first one for me, just, I don't know, something about it, man. The, the bone machine didn't do it for me. Yeah. The fucking the long wind, the long drawn out segments of of backstory, you know that to me just kind of seemed, eh, you know, like yeah. Well, and that final fight in that first one is a joke, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's terrible. It is it's terrible. It is true. Having said all that, maybe it was the excitement of. Oh, this is interesting. Where is this going to go? Yeah, this is as bad as I thought it was going to be. Sometimes first, it, it, when I know there's multiple movies in a series and the first movie is kind of slow yeah. and it builds up, I forgive it a little bit because I yeah. feel like I'm anticipating that it's building towards something. It's, and yeah. it's the same thing here. Now, we had talked about while we were at dinner the fact that mm. none of the subtitles to these movies make sense in relation to the movies. They the- mentioned the title of this one in the movie. Um, they, they're, what they're referencing is, is Kadex said, you know, it's a robo cage. It's like, I resurrected you so you could be a. You know, uh, uh, whatever, a tool of revenge against the OCP and against, you know, uh, your own enemies. I think he meant Robocop. Okay, so this is the first one. Because then what 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 did Dark Justice mean? I'm not really sure. Yeah, and what does Meltdown mean in relation to that movie? I really don't know what Meltdown... That that one, I really am less... I probably the least understanding of why that movie was called that. Dark Justice... I sort of get in the sense that, you know, they killed, he had to, he had to, you know, little Robo had to kill 
robo cage in order to get to bone machine because of the way it was set up or whatever yeah. but so it was like you know like a pyrrhic victory like you win but you lose you know because you because you had to do something that sucks in order to do something that was good so so but again that's me sort of like pulling meaning i i mean there was never it, mentioned it's literal, it was never, yeah yeah there's nothing about that i could really draw from so so this one at least mentioned the title of the movie and and actually had him say here's you know i resurrected you or whatever so so that that made sense but i'm really curious to know what crash and burn is going to be about this is the finale this is the this is it this is all the marbles here fucking, a. fucking crash and burn i can't believe we're gonna actually we're gonna do our. Best. We're gonna do this. So, Amy, any parting words with the third installment? Well, maybe the third boring one is like the first boring one, and just setting up the good one. I don't know. I have little faith after that movie because honestly, the whole gimmick of of Philip or I, I want to say Philip K. Dick, David K. Dick, and how ridiculously like obvious his whole entire character was. Yeah. I was hoping he'd die in this and then it would be something else for the fourth part because it's just, I, I have a feeling it's this be a showdown with the Legion virus yep. and um, Saints. Saint. Yep. And it's going to be obvious. It's just like, I know what's going to end up happening. I'm hope, I hope I'm proved wrong. He's going to merge with it. They're going to take over the city and they're going to have to fucking kill him. I hope. Yeah. I hope David K. Dick, it becomes the lawnmower man. Where it's, <laughs> I, hope so too. I hope that happens. So the sun's gonna save the day. You Robo think Cop so? Sun's gonna save the day. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. Sun will die in the process, probably, or or RoboCop will. Well, it'd be insane if RoboCop. Died. If they if they kill RoboCop off. Yeah. Well, well I mean, we Robo Cage is definitely dead at, in this next Robo one Cage for sure. Well, we talked about earlier how there have not been any other RoboCop movies. Or even any live action or anything that you know since this. I mean, there was other than the re- remake. Other than the remake, which is god awful. I thought. I mean, I it's it's tolerable. Like I thought yeah. it was tolerable. It had good elements, but mm-hmm. overall, it was kind of shitty. I should clarify, god awful because they called it a RoboCop movie. They called it something else. Like it was just another like you know, dude gets killed, turns into a cyborg movie. I think it might have been okay, okay at best. Yeah, but calling it RoboCop to me is blasphemy because fucking love RoboCop and the original <laughs> RoboCop and so and I just in general I hate remakes like I love 80s remakes of 50s movies because I think the 80s thing is way better than the original thing I think the 80s blob is way better than the original blob those remakes I, I back but newer remakes of movies like the Evil Dead remake oh, or oh. Uh, God forbid like um you know, well, I don't know. I guess the My Buddy Valentine one wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I never ended up seeing that one. I it wasn't think. the worst, but it wasn't anything. You know what I mean? It yeah. To me, it just feels like unnecessary largely, you know? And, and so, at least for those kinds of movies, because, but, you know, I guess that's just me being an 80s, well, uh, an 80s, lo- you know, 80s horror and 80s movie lover in general, you know? And so I'm a little biased because I know that, you know, I'm sure if I asked my dad if he liked the 1950s thing, over the '80s thing, he'd be like, "Well, absolutely," and and there are a lot of people that, f- that think I'm a mor- would probably think I'm a moron for thinking that, but you know, and then they are kind of different movies, but at the same time, I don't know. I think that they just kind of improved in the areas. I mean, I, I want to see gore, I want to see, you know, crazy weirdness, you know, and you get that in the '80s one that you don't get in the original. You well, that's the difference a- with the '80s remakes was that they actually tried something different. They mm-hmm. actually tried their own versions of movies where right. the remakes now are just thinly veiled 
retreads. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, there's nothing really all that different to any of them. Yeah. It's just kind of seems like it's more like directors just sort of like, um, you know, paying tributes yeah. to the most movies and then like kind of like moving some elements around so they can get away with having to be just enough different that Hollywood will throw some money mm-hmm. at it. And, you know, and then kind of like giving it some relevance to, you know, a new generation. But, I don't know. That just seems like shitty to me. Like I, I would rather it's crass commercialism. Yeah, and I can't. You're right. This is this is right. This is where we're at now. But if I had a kid, I would fucking never be like. Let's start. Let's start with um, you know the Child's Play remake. You know, or the not, remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my god. Yeah. No. I mean, the only remake I might start him with maybe like Night of the Living Dead. I might be like, let's watch 1990 Night of the Living Dead first, and then let's and then let's go back and watch the other one. You hmm. kind of see where it came from. Sure, you yeah. Know? I mean, I just recently showed Amy the Night of the Living Dead, and we were at a metal show a couple of weeks back. Yeah, and 91? They, or, and no, the original, and then yeah. the 91 was playing behind a band yeah. at this one. That's awesome. And uh, she's like, ooh, that I, I might actually like that one. I love the remake. I, I think it's fucking great, and... Uh, I, I I got into some uh, I got some deep shit with pals of mine because I actually don't get me wrong I love the original Night of the Living Dead but I think the remake is at least as good if if not in some ways superior um, you know I mean the original has everything you want the original to have and and, and I get that it is what it is and yeah. I still love it but yeah. but the ninety one just had all that eighties over the topism that I just fucking I gravitate towards and I understand it's it's you know. Obviously, not as uh, sort of uh, subtle as the first movie Mm-mm. is, and so it misses some of that atmosphere and all that. It's and it's a lot cheesier, I think. Absolutely, I love. I mean, I also love it, but mm-hmm. it is like the effects work and mm-hmm. the way it's plainly shot. It's, it's not a, stylish. It's not. It is. It's a, a Savini base, cum shot. Yeah, is really what it is. Yeah, and it's a Savini cum shot with a reach around from Romero, <laughs> and 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 Romero is just trying to you know make some money, make some money because he got fucked on the uh, you know the fact that the original. Night of the Living Dead had that copyright snafu. Yep. It was it was fucking you know um, public domain. Yeah, you know because I mean, well shit, I don't know. I, I used to have probably close to like eighty different copies. Oh yeah, different copies. Of Everyone Night of the owns Dead. a copy of that fucking movie. Yeah, and I still have like without even trying, I've still probably got ten or twelve of them. And I have you know I got friends. I got a friend who's got one hundred and fifty variations of that fucking movie. And it's all the same cut. It's yeah. just different cover art. Different yeah. companies are like, oh, we're going to cash in on that, that late night movie that everybody knows. And they're going to put out, you know, same with Horror Express. How many copies of Horror Express? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I love that movie. But again, millions of copies out there. And so, mm-hmm. so you know, it's it's sort of that same thing. But anyway, I don't know why I got on the topic of remakes. <laughs> remakes. remakes. Robocop remake. Yeah, yeah. How terrible it is. So anyways, uh, I'm talking final thoughts on this on this thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, uh, I would say of all of these, skip this one. There is nothing really worth watching. Yeah, but let's but but let's see the fourth one though, because because the fourth one might be the skip one. I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, you want a conclusion? So so if when we do the fan edits, or by you, I guess I have no. I, have no <laughs> I guess I've been nominated. I have no fan talent edit to do that. But but if, when the fan edit comes, you can probably take. 10 solid minutes from what we just watched. Yes. And cobble that together. I and think give so. Everybody, the entire movie. And you can, oh man, the whole middle section with all the bullshit can go. Go away. And, and like in the first one, like you said, we'll cut, we'll cut an hour out of the first one. We'll keep most of part two. We'll keep 10 minutes of part three and then we'll see part four. Part four honestly, we're probably going to start with another five minute intro and then probably a 10 minute closer and that'll be it. So you'll probably be able to shave like three, three hours out of these fucking things by the time we're done with them. 
I think, and I see right now, because we're watching this on the Plex, I see the synopsis of part four. And yeah, I have a feeling part two would be the main movie and the rest of them will be cobbled down to maybe like a half hour worth of movie after that. If they can make this next one, which I doubt, but if they can somehow make it so it's just if action pretty much the whole way through, because it's the final, you know, you want, you're, you're, yeah. blowing, your, you're blowing your load. It's got to be, you know, like you've been jerked off this whole time <laughs> and now it's time to come. By robots. Right. And, and, and. <laughs> And this come and this come shot better be good because you know it's an hour and a half long. And it's the last thing you're doing. Let's well, call crash and burn. It better be. You know, there was a great sci-fi movie from I want to say it was the night. Oh yeah, because right? it was robot jocks, crash and burn. Yep. And it wasn't it was, they were related? I believe they were know, just they were they were two mech, uh, mech movies. Yeah, where there's huge mechs that were shooting and fighting. And wasn't there stuff. another one too? I those were the two big ones jocks, that I knew on. Robot jocks, crash and burn. Other than anime stuff. Uh, yeah, ro- right. Well, the Robotech, I guess, would have been like Robotech, in that same universe, uh, but not yeah. really. But yeah, I feel like, man, I'm going to have to look at my stupid wall when I go I'm home. pretty sure those were the two main ones. Oh, those, those are the two, two main, main ones. ones that I remember. Mm-hmm. I, those are the ones I remember the most, too. And, and I've definitely seen Robot Jocks. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've that's seen Stuart Gordon. Yeah, and I remember liking it a lot. Yeah. Like, I remember, because that's a, that's a post-apocalyptic flick. For oh, sure. yeah. Because I remember they, they live in, like, the desert, and it's fucked up as... All hell, but they had these giant mechs for some reason because I think yep. they were like left over from World War Three or whatever. The well, that was, was the entertainment. They were. Yeah. It was like watching a gladiatorial. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sport. It's, it's yeah. been like probably. I mean, it's been since I saw it on cable in yeah. the nineties. I mean, I haven't revisited it. You know, I think it's it's fun for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I don't think it was. It wasn't very gory or violent, no. from what no. I remember. No, no. I mean, no. It's, it's just one of those like. It's it's cool because it has giant fucking robots. Robots, yeah, that's yeah, cool. and there was really nothing like that. So, here we go. We're if you haven't noticed, we're winding down here. If we're going to survive this, we gotta get rolling. We'll see what kind of energy we have left for RoboCop, Crash and Burn. Can't believe we've done this. I'm pretty happy about it. Oh, I mean, I'll see how happy I feel after this last movie. If it's, <laughs> if it's good, I'll be satisfied. If it's and then an hour and a half, like the last one. Oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write these guys and be like, "Can I get my money back?" Oh, this is gonna. I, I hope it's nothing like this last one because, man, I don't know how I'll keep my eyes open if it we'll was. Figure it out. We're gonna, you know, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Any, any parting words into, for the fourth one? No, let's just do it. Everybody, they pick on me, but I, I got a song for them. Is this dedicated to all of you now? Dal. And now, uh, the, the end is near. It's so close. And, and so I faced uh, the, the final curtain. Uh, what curtain? I don't see it. My friend. I have no friends. I'll say it clear. I'll, I'll, I'll state my case. I'm certain. I'm certain Dylan's still a son of a bitch. I've lived a life. I've life that's full. I've, I've killed the Predator and, and that liquid metal Terminator fake guy. And I've, I've had a baby and it's not a tumor. I, I, I did it my way. It's the Arnold way. I've got no regrets except except maybe doing Expendables 3. Yeah, that was a regret. But I got some money out of it too. 
There are too few to mention though. And, and what I did, I, I had to do. I once played Hercules in New York. They used a different voice though. That I'm certain. I planned, I planned it. A trip. I planned a trip back home. Ah, but but I never got there. They wouldn't let me on because I lost my passport. Ah, Maria Schreiber, she 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 divorced me, and and I became governor. And ah, you did it my way. Ah, ah, screw you all. Yeah, ah, there was times. I'm, I'm sure you know. I bit off the head. I bit the head off, off of a vulture. I'm Conan. That was so cool. But through it all, I got, I got to fight James Earl Jones and and cut off his head. And I, I came back. I came back from the dead as a, a big robot. I faced it all. And I stood tall. I'm very tall. And I did it all. I did it all my way. Now I'm sad. You are listening to Astro Radio Z.
must have set off the EMP. He saved us. <laughs> yeah, what did we win? Dead. Never. Dad. You're gonna need this. my show now. Funny how things work out. John's dead. Oh. Did you know he saved us? Saved us all? I guess he was good for something. I am going to need a vice president. What's it to be, James?
to blame me for this. What? Anna. Maybe I can help. Hey, kiddo. What time is it? Uh, it's like one thirty. It's fucking one o'clock in the morning. Oh. It's one o'clock in the morning, and we finished fucking RoboCop Crash and Burn, in which did. holy fuck! If if there was ever a more apt title, that was definitely it. Because I think the three of us took shifts on this movie, where one of us would fall asleep. The other would be awake. Then that person will fall asleep. The other one would be awake. Then the next person fell asleep and the other would be awake. So let's see if we could try right now. I, we have the credits rolling and there's stuff going on, but I don't really even care. I, I could give two shits. Oh, so so that happened. Yeah, um, that did happen. I actually kind of liked some of that post credit <laughs> stuff. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing I like the best. I liked I liked that. Essentially, because this is the last RoboCop stuff we have that I know of, uh, that OCP finally gets its ass handed to them after it, you know, tries to create a giant sentient supercomputer network running an entire city, uh, and you know, to the tune of what they said a seven hundred trillion dollar fucking uh, class action lawsuit yep. filed by the people, and uh, you know, and and RoboCop didn't die, yeah, which I liked, and you know, he's still out there, you know, so they leave it open ended, and his son. And him kind of, you know, reconnected and and uh, his son's like rebuilding old Detroit, which is cool. So that's, you know, it had a happy ending. I, I kind of liked it. But but that last episode was and. and <sighs> Fucking rough. It was rough. That's that's a good way of putting it. It's hard for me to I mean, I'm trying to separate it. Like, is it just because I'm tired? Yes. Uh, that's a big part of it. Or is it because it really legitimately wasn't good? Yes. A good ending. I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> I, I think that the way that episode was, you know, was sort of paced and like the way it repeated it. I mean, literally the same showdown happened four times. The entire oh, this last movie, Crash and Burn, 
is literally the entire climax of one of the other movies. There's right. no plot to this thing. The the what it says on Plex is RoboCop battles his way past the police and OCP security systems. Man, they can't even write this thing. Okay, battles his way past the police and OCP uh, OCP security system stop K Dick before he releases his doomsday weapon. Once he reaches K Dick, he must get past the repaired and battle hungry John T. Cable. The final battle has begun. That's about as much plot as there is in this movie is that they all finally get together at the OCP building and it's just a race against time, which takes way too fucking long. This could have been, you know, a half hour television episode. Oh, at most, because most of this is literally a giant robo cable and robo mini robo shooting at each other from six feet away, going through every pane of glass that they had on set. The John, the John Woo scene that we... Uh, no dubs. Yeah, yeah, no, right, right. It uh, it was, you know, it was them, they were outside the they being Mini Robo and Anarchy were outside the city because Delta City was all after Robo for a minute and then they came back in the city and they had to get past all that... OCP security to get to the OCP tower, and then they get to the OCP tower, and then it just, then they had to get to, you know, pass the security in the tower and yep. stop Legion and stop K Dick, and will ultimately stop um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Saints. Although they didn't really, so that's one thing I was confused by, one of the many things, sort of. Um, they didn't really stop Legion, because Legion ended up turning K Dick and Anarchy into pixels. And well, that's because K Dick said that. Legion's ultimate goal was it was going to be the only sentient being in the world and it was going to assimilate and destroy all flesh. That was part of the virus is that it would ultimately destroy humanity. So then how... Like why did it stop with them? It was just confined to that area. I don't. I didn't catch for that. for the time being, as yeah. it was. Well, because it wasn't released. Right? It wasn't completely released oh, yet, right? Because they would have needed. They, right, that's why we needed Saints to go online, because then it would have released it past that building and into yes. the world. Okay, okay. But, uh, but then it was stopped because of the because the EMP went off at the end. Why would you build something like that? Uh, you mean like a, the, the the Saints? The yeah. Secret? Well. Well, I mean, fuck Legion. I mean, well, Legion. Well, I mean, if you're a super fucking villain, you know, you're looking to go out anyways. Yeah, I mean, you're nihil. I mean, ultimately, all super villains are nihilistic. You know, I mean, and you know, it's. I think in his case, in Kadik's case, it was if I can't have all the shit I want, and nobody uh, can, nobody can, and, and the world sucks anyways. And you know, I mean, to be honest with you. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit of an asshole. I wouldn't mind if a fucking <laughs> if a if a super virus turned me into fucking pixels and that was the end of the world. I'd be fine with it, uh, you know. But truth be told, yeah, I'm still I'm still I'm still I'm still happy with with how it ended. I just didn't like how it got there with this last installment. <sighs> and uh, there was some, you know, there was some dumb things. But the more I think about it, the more I'm happy with how you know some of these story elements were were sort of done across these movies and how they thankfully integrated at least the first film, you know, lore 
heavily into it. I mean, they, they, I mean, they literally touched on almost nothing from part two or part three that I can really think of specifically. <sighs> no, they don't, but they, they definitely could reside in this world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing that really irks me, like I said, across you know <laughs> this whole thing, uh, more than the pacing and and you know, the first movie being mostly way too long, and this movie being way too long, is that um, you know they talked about how you know Robo Cable was really RoboCop two or whatever, and it's like no, no, Kane, man, Kane was RoboCop two, he was a big fucking deal. You know, but yeah, it's but, that part. But, uh, but they're yeah, not going to they're not going to go no. there. Apparently, they're they're, they're no. just scrapping there. They're probably trying to forget about that big blunder because OCP, you know, OCP, as we've learned, is constantly the corporation that keeps fucking up. Like, like, the, you know, they're like the epitome of a of a shitty multinational conglomerate that has all the money in the world. But the people that run it are fucking, you know, so morons greedy and they're driving it into the ground to yeah. where at the very end of this movie, they ultimately are finally done so. Yeah. They, they've All of them are caught. dead. Yep. Minus the one. Minus yep. fucking uh, Cage's uh, ex-wife. And she takes the fucking... Brunt of the all of it. She takes the fall for, for OCP and, and ends up, you know, I mean, she, I mean, it sounds like, you know, she's going to be fucked. And, oh, she'll uh, be in jail. Yeah. She'll be in she'll jail. Be in jail. Company will be liquidated. Because uh, well, nobody has fucking trillions of dollars, and let alone, you know, $700 trillion or whatever yeah. that suit was. So they're going to be, you know, they're going to be gone and litigated to, to, to death. So so that's kind of interesting that it ended that way. And, and I kind of thought, you know, eventually OCP would be fucking done as they needed to be. Yeah, where else can you really go with this? I mean, that's the big bad. I suppose yeah. there's going to be other small-time criminals that could pop up if they decided to do more after this right but for this oh my god eric this <laughs> the uh, amy is the one who probably was awake the most watching this one i was trying to fall asleep so bad <laughs> i was trying to <laughs> i saw probably like i don't know you like were 50 minutes of it yeah you were you know. were out probably the most i know oh, i yeah. passed out once or twice for maybe five minutes I each time. Lost, I definitely lost some time there towards the last 20. You, yeah. I will safely say you missed nothing. Yeah, I'm sure. I this mean, movie is an hour and 28 minutes long, and they repeat the same three battles yep. the entire runtime. This could have been a half hour tops. It could have been like a fucking old A team episode, you know, like yep. of length. And uh so so, you know, like we've been talking this whole time, the 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 fan edit, uh, you know, it's gonna have like basically like ten minutes from the first movie, probably most of the second movie, ten, fifteen minutes from, from part three and thirty minutes from part four. That's the whole movie. And that, I, that's why I'm I'm curious to see what that fan edit that's up on YouTube is like. If it's three hours it has to be too long. No, I bet you it's only here. I can look it up real quick. I believe it's only two hours long. If it's only two hours, that's a that's a power block. I could I could handle that again, but but I'm thankful that someone did that because you know it's it's fucking unbelievable that this thing you know was stretched out this long and 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 I love RoboCop and I love RoboCop lore, but this was punishing. And it, I think three hours and eight minutes. That's way too. Is long. the fan edit of RoboCop Prime so, Directive? So it cuts fifty-two minutes. That's it. 
You're telling me you watched this thing and you thought only 52 minutes could be cut? I think he and I are going to differ on that because I could fucking... I mean, oh, 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 let, me, let me do the math, sorry. It's, it's one, one and a half, three, uh, fucking four and a half, six. What, was it six hours then? Mm-hmm. Okay. I still fucking think that you could cut this fucker down in only two hours. I really do. Oh, easily. And easily. There is even, just not that much content to warrant four fucking hour and a half no, long movies. No, 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 there no. really isn't. Two of the movies are so needlessly padded down with plot yeah. that they're a chore to watch. One movie is just, usually I would never say this, one movie is just a needlessly long fight sequence mm-hmm. where you you take two robots, two characters that literally cannot move. Right. Fight punching each other. Two robots right. that the punches don't matter. Well, no. they, didn't even, they were just shaking each other and kind of bumping into each other. That's it. It's like rock'em sock'em robots <laughs> for, for a fucking hour and a half while they throw each other through glass and then we have uh, Roundy's fucking Kiefer Sutherland spouting a bunch of bullshit while Roundy's uh, Carrie Ann Moss uh, or what did I call her? She was Debbie Rashad. And if yeah, Debbie Rashad yeah. was put into the the Matrix with extremely did. short hair, uh, yeah. doing the worst flip kicks. This had, was, oh, my God. This had obvious Matrix influence that was obviously budget restricted. And it took me back to how so once the Matrix came out, it influenced so many movies that came out. I feel for like. A solid seven, eight years after it came out. Oh, you know what I mean? To and, this day. Yeah. You still see elements, right? And, and That stupid whip around 360 yeah. crap is still in movies today. Oh, that's the one yeah. part I like in this movie. Oh, boy. Oh, it, <laughs> oh is I mean, the Matrix? It's when she flipped around. Oh. Why she saved the moves for that. Well, oh, my God. The training, that training sequence that we saw, which was like reminiscent of Nightmare on Elm Street 4, where, where the one guy is training in the all-white room and he has oh. the invisible fight with Freddy. Yes, I remember. <laughs> the cheapest fucking that, kill in the series. Four. Yeah, that's the Dream Master. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. It's, it's, it's been a long time. Mr. Avoid All Contact Day. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Holy shit. This is how... This is what happens when you when you watch you know Nightmare on Elm Street one through three and then you skip four and five most of the time and go right to Freddy's Dead yeah and, and then skip New Nightmare you know I love part four man it's okay I mean like I I, I don't know I think I appreciate four and five a little more now yeah when I was younger I was so caught up in like loving the first three yeah and uh, Freddy's Dead was again another thing that was on cable. All the time, and even though I could tell, like, oh, this isn't good, at the same time, it entertained the fuck out of me. Like, the fucking scene where he makes that kid, like, play him like it's a video game, and yeah. fucking, like, about to get the high score, that whole shit. Like, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. It's terrible. I mean, it's the most self aware Freddy movie, and it has the dumbest shit in it, but at oh, the yeah. same time, I laugh hard at it. And because what comes after is New Nightmare, and oh, that's what, oh. really, I have a lot of problems with that thing. Oh, I like I, I like I like the idea, I did not like the execution. Nope. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, honestly, I, I even think 
I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I almost think that the fucking Friday the or Friday Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the one that had that the little guy that played the uh, fucking what's his name in the Watchmen, Rorschach. J- yeah, James Earl Haley. That might even be better than fucking New Nightmare. Who um, I, mean, I just rewatched recently yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, probably yeah. like a few months ago, and it is it has certain parts. That are actually quite good. Yeah. And the vast majority of it, though, is just, it's horrible. It's it's, padding, yeah. It's horrible where I think the main problem with the new nightmare is that it's got a a clever idea, but the way that it's made is so on the nose and so hokey that I cannot get past it. Like, the acting is so cringy. True. The the dialogue so fucking cringy. What's his I name is Freddy though it. is pretty good, I thought. I don't know. I think I think he did okay. I mean he's Jack no Robert, Earl Haley? Yeah. I mean he's no Robert England. He no. but he played it a little bit more serious, which was he reminded me more of like how Freddy was in part two where it was like really you know, he's scary and he's like menacing, you know? Because yeah. even in like part three you start seeing him being kind of silly and then by the time Four or five, and goddamn, Freddy's dead hits. He's you know, he's a fucking joke. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is which is fine, but but interesting, you know, to 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 expand on something you said and to bring it back to our RoboCop discussion. This whole series, the Prime Directive series, seemed like a good idea. That was it was clever because there was a lot of good plot in there, and they definitely did some fan service there. I think yeah. in a way. But it was just it was just drawn out too yep. fucking long, and the execution, like you said, it just wasn't there. It was so his pace so poorly, and every movie, like you know, aside from maybe that second one that probably had the most substance for yeah. for, 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 for square yeah, inch, bang for the buck. Yeah, you know, every one of them could have been edited down so hard. You know, for sure, thirty minutes uh, at most on each of them, you would have got the gist of what's going on. Well, especially this last one more than yeah. any of them, probably because oh, yeah. the budget was obviously felt in ways that didn't really make sense when you thought of con- contextually the story. Why would OCP this building not have its own like this whole force of like military yeah. force? None of them are in this building at all. So like not know. a single person. So you, I mean, you felt the budget because they didn't have money for extras. They had money right. for a lot of sugar glass to throw people through. Right. But that was about it. Uh, lots of sugar glass. Some like. C minus fucking CG and like you know green screen shits and yeah but yeah you're no you're exactly right it's like it's okay so they they shot a bunch of OCP guys mostly mostly the the beginning of the third one and the end of the second one but that was like thirty guys you're telling me OCP's army is like thirty fucking thirty fucking guys yeah come on man well remember no one believes that there's no real city like they right. they the only time we ever see fucking Delta City is the final triumphant shot of RoboCop walking into the silhouetted city. Which was just a negative, uh, I don't know what you call this technique, but they took the image of uh, Toronto they had in the very first Cut fucking out. movie and they just did like, yeah, they. so you saw like the, the buildings yep. were just dimmed, you know, and darkened. It and looks like the intro for Trauma. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And uh, right. And they just did that to it and then Robo's walking toward it. So it was a cheap the cheap effect, the cheap ending. I mean, like, but yeah, I mean, if you were going to make a Delta City fucking model or something that would even, you know, even if you just did like a miniature, yeah. like they did with a couple of things in, in I think the first one, you're, you know, that's going to cost a ton of money. And, you know, and this was clearly not the time that practical effects were, 
or being appreciated anymore. And, you know, it's funny how that works. But nowadays, people want to see practical effects again. And there's so few guys that do that shit because it's a lost. It, you know, it's going to well, be I think a lost. I think it's a budgetary thing. For the yeah. vast majority of it is yeah. because... They didn't have they didn't have the budget to do all practical effects. Right. It was obvious. They had ambition that was well beyond their budget. Yeah. And they tried their best with what they had, and they had to be CG because there was right. tons of electric power battles where yeah. people were shooting electricity at each other. Right. And they had to have those like those what I call and I've said this many times on the show finger power battles yeah. where they have to look like they're doing something like it's the force it's and there's yeah. fucking just drawn on electricity shooting at each yeah. other and all this shit. So there's a lot of that in here and most for the most part, I think a lot of it works well. But at the end of the day. I think you're 100 percent right. There's no nothing justifies there being four movies or four or four hour and a half long episodes of this when really they didn't have the content there. I think if I'm going to because I don't there's nothing more I can say about the crash and burn it really is. It was a waste of our time. Like the last yeah. two movies were a complete waste of our time. I'm going to have to agree. And I, and I, and you know, I think the best part of the last one was the closing credit, like the post credit scenes. Yeah. Know, or the, you know, where it scenes. wraps it up, where it wraps it up. That was, that was, and, and that should have been like, you know, this, this, the more I think about it, and I guess I don't know why I didn't realize this till now, what this really should have been, Ultimately, was somehow they should have pulled all the resources together. Did a RoboCop four? Did RoboCop four? Right, and got someone, maybe beg Frank Miller or something, and you know, or get in with Lion because it's Lionsgate release days, and Lionsgate was coming up at the time. Get in with Lionsgate. Get get it for one more fucking movie. Yeah, but that's not what the licensing agreement yeah. was for Firehouse Entertainment yeah. or Fireworks Entertainment that sure. that put this out. It was RoboCop for TV. Yeah. So they obviously they had to pitch to get the budget to be able to sustain using this license. They had to come up with the show. So yeah. this is what they came up with. So I yeah. mean, as much as we could sit and wax that, you know, this should have been a part four, which it can't. It could have been. Yeah. They could have taken this. Re- Purposed it and re-edited it, but um, Orion Pictures, or which I don't even know if it was a thing at, in the year two thousand. I think they dissolved in the mid to late nineties. At they, some yeah, point, they were bought out. They were dissolved and bought out at some point. I don't remember when, but yeah, Orion. I mean, you stopped seeing Orion Pictures stuff early nineties. Yeah, something you know, like that. So obviously, that whoever owned the rights to this, to the RoboCop franchise. Probably saw this like, no, we don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. This is not up up to snuff. Even if you were to cut this down, right? this is sub RoboCop 3. That, that's true. Absolutely. No question. RoboCop 3 was, it's still the better overall, you know, movie for sure. Um, you know, there's good story elements in here. For and I, sure. I think the but strongest point, well, enough, well, it's the production that lets it down. Like yep. the, the people who wrote this took a lot of care, they and did. It, too uh, much, even almost. It, it, it has a lot of details that a RoboCop fans going to really like, but the d- casting decisions 
production decisions, yeah. just the overall quality of this thing really kills it. It re- I mean, the, I think it's fun for the first two. Like the first one, yes, it's boring, but I felt it was build. I would never go back and watch it. No. But it was building towards something that number two all of a sudden felt like it was full steam ahead and it was it, it felt like a RoboCop movie. Then part three is just like a complete standstill. Fan, so the fan edit, <laughs> the fan edit, I think, just take out all reference to the names of the individual fucking, you know, uh, films, you know, all that shit can go and fucking just make a shit ass quickie title card fucking just says Robocop 4, fuck it. Robocop yeah. 4, Prime Directives. That's what this thing's fucking called yep. as far as I'm concerned. And then you cut out, you know, you cut out like, we, like we've been talking about all this shit that sucks. Get it down to a solid maybe two hours or whatever. Or even, you know, if it's Robocop, even at Robocop 4, Prime Directives, it can be Robocop 4, you know, whatever, something that, something that signifies the end. Robocop 4, you know, whatever. Uh, fucking bullets to dust or some fucking weird name. <laughs> bullets you know? to dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> plowshares in... Uh, oh, piss, yeah. yeah plowshares into uh, whatever Plowshares into swords. Plowshares into swords, right? That was the... That's actually, you know what? That's a stupid fucking title, but if you don't focus on the acronym... Like, if you actually spell it out, that's all right. That was the best parts of these movies were the news segments and the commercials. Yeah, I agree. The best parts of these movies. They were good. They were were quite, they were good. I mean, they were done about as well as something like that could be done with this budget and with this sort of constraint. Very creative, written written well, and obviously people had the most fun. Doing with those that. those sections, oh, yeah, so sure. uh, that's that's a that's a great idea. The Ro- Ro- RoboCop plowshares into swords. Final fucking RoboCop. RoboCop four <laughs> plowshares into swords. Fan edit two hours sub, maybe hour forty five if you can really knock it down. And then you have the perfect main for TV whatever fucking RoboCop final. You know, final hurrah. Never know. show master shots of RoboCop. If you do this fan yep. edit, find a way that you can, you never see how big RoboCop is. Yeah, take out all the scenes where he's like dwarfed by like children and, and, and like. <laughs> there is legitimately <laughs> yeah, a scene. That, that, that 10 year old kid or whatever was like she taller was, than him. Yeah, nearly the same oh height as God. him. Oh my God. And that's, it, yeah, if you could somehow get those scenes out of there and, and. <laughs> You know, and then cut down all the other bullshit. Th- this thing would have been fine, and I would and I would watch it again if it were that. But as it stands, all the other unnecessary bullshit has to go. I'm gonna forget about it as much as I can. Yeah, I will never watch this again. No, nope. guaranteed. Nope. Even with the part two that I actually kind of liked. Yeah, and and I like the concept of the two warring buddy RoboCops. Yeah, I think that's cool. This there's no justification to watch four of these. Even none of the movies other than part two were particularly strong enough to be handled on their own. And I would never recommend anyone just jumping in and watching any of any of them standalone because they're part of a bigger story. And I just as I was watching the latter ones, I was thinking, what if you didn't know this was a series and you picked these up individually? You would have zero context as to what this was. And as movies on their own, fuck, that would suck. It would be terrible. And and it's funny you mentioned that I have two of these um, on VHS at home. um, And uh, 
there was a couple times recently where I thought, you know, like months ago before we even talked mm-hmm. about doing this, like, oh, I'm going to like just pop one of these fuckers in because I remember, you know, uh, I remember whatever. I hadn't seen these yet yeah. and, and I wanted to check it out. And thankfully I didn't because if I had popped in like one of these other ones, you know, and thought it was standalone and then I'm fucking confused, I'd be angry as hell. Yeah. Because not only, not only would I be like, okay, yeah, I'd probably figure out what's going on, but then it's like. I'm watching some terrible fucking movie, like you know, with even, no plot, with no plot, right? And and you know, even if even if I popped part two in, it being the least shitty of the four overall, probably I'd still be fucking mad. I well, mean, you'd be lost because you wouldn't even realize what you're watching. Even right. part two has ties to part one, right. where part one had built into part two, right? And they it just gets off and running. The right. bare essentials, not even the bare essentials, are told to you at the beginning of part right. two. Right, that's true. It does. It literally just does go into it, and you know that's. I mean, I get it. It's part of a series. It's supposed to be a continuous thing. But, but that it's not so. It was never sold to the Americans right. as that. Like when I first saw these, I thought I was always told these were legitimate new, like made-for-TV movies, like standalone movies. Right. right. Which would have which would have made more sense. And if these were like, you know, new RoboCop, like like if these were RoboCop four, five, six, and seven, mm-hmm. and they were like standalone kind of like stories about RoboCop, that would be cool. That would have been cooler in a way to me than than what they did. But of course I me just being that guy, you know, I love series that have you know that fucking go on forever. Like yeah. you know, even if a lot of them end up being fucking terrible, like you know like did, did subspecies need fucking you know yes five okay well yes maybe a good example, maybe bad example. <laughs> okay well so did well, puppet master need like 14 no. movies did hellraiser need 11 or however many there are now i mean my god no nope. I, I oh man we're supposed to be talking about fucking <laughs> robocop nobody wants to talk about this movie should we should we wrap this up, Amy? Well, we have to talk about the Weasley CEO getting thrown down the elevator shaft and then being lasered into pieces. Oh, that was in fact I the that best. Scene, but I was only half awake for it, so all I remember him is <laughs> all I remember him is getting cut into pieces by the lasers. Okay, getting thrown down the, the yeah the, the elevator shaft. Yeah, I that was one of the instances where I I, I tapped out for a minute, and Amy actually woke me up because she's like, "Oh, that's cool," it, because the Damien, what was his name? Was Damien. it Damien? Yeah. The weasel guy gets thrown down the elevator shaft. And he breaks his leg and starts like. And it's gory. He's got an open wound on his leg and, and everything. Yelling at his leg and he's cackling up at the lady that threw him down and crying and. Yep, and then he crawls his way out into the lobby and gets lasered into pieces, multiple pieces. First Best his leg's part. gone. Best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. So. Well, the belly button plug. Oh, we didn't even talk about the belly button plug. Oh, man, I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, There's a sequence where the little girl, uh, Anarchy's daughter, yeah, has an Ethernet jack in her belly button. Because she yeah. has the Legion virus in her. Right. So they have Folks, <laughs> if we don't need to, I, I think it's fairly obvious to say do not watch RoboCop Crash and Burn. There's somebody with a latex Ethernet jack in their belly button. I am not fucking lying when I say that to you. That actually happened. There's a close-up of it. And furthermore, I'm going to just say, if we're, we're getting to the wrapping up part here, 
Do not watch this series. Uh, it's it's not worth your time. You've listened if you've listened to this podcast, you've gotten the gist of what you need to get out of this. I think uh, if a fan, you know, if you want to watch the fan cut, that's even, even at three hours, you're still cutting it in half. Pretty much, that's probably still better. Um, you know, and if, 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 you know, if someone else decides to make a two hour fan cut, that would be even better yet. Cause that's the most you need and you watch it once and do it when you're awake. And then, you know, oh and then- man, I can't even imagine. Well, we're exhausted. And it was obvious through the recording of this. I'm sure you guys could hear and we'll see how the edit turns out with yeah, this, that yeah. we're progressively, our energy levels are getting lower and yeah. lower and lower. And it yeah. could be because we're old fucks at this point. That's yeah, true. We're part of it. We're, we're old yeah. and we ate a lot of food and we're, we're sleepy and that's part of it. But I mean, there's, there's nothing that really would have kept, you know, kept me feeling any, you know, any energy at this point after watching shit for nine hours, you know, like, holy uh, shit, because it was a lot. But I mean, it, it was, it was still fun. I'm glad I did it because, you know, I get to hang out with you guys and, and yeah. watch, I watch this trash, but, uh, <laughs> watch this trash. But, man. And now you are the, you are the happy owner of, the box set of Prime Directives. You got all four of these movies on DVD, sir. Man. Are you are you going to prominently display these in your movie room? You know what? I, I do have, I do have, you know, my up. Oh God, you know, my DVDs and Blu-rays are upstairs in my house, and my and my tapes are, are downstairs. Uh, and so, it just so happens I have a spot on my shelf next to the RoboCop feature-length films that I have on DVD. So these will go there. And I will begrudgingly place them there, even though, you know, I know they're shit. I, but I they look nice. The thing is, they they, the nice. cases look nice. Well, the and they all. Look, the spines look great. I don't know if the faces look. Well, the spines look great. Oh, the pictures, the actual pictures on the front of these cases, it's horrible Photoshop. These, these are asylum. These are asylum York level on the front end. But the side. It the, looks good. I bet you fine. Put, put it with the rest of them and it'll look just fine. It'll look fine. That's true. For like the silver lining of hey. this. The, the cases are cool. <laughs> the cases are cool. And, and they contain, you know, a lot of information about Robocop that's very important. You, know, uh, <laughs> you can because you can remember, Eric, this yeah. is what you can do. And next yeah. time you're because you will see these next oh, to the Robocops and go, Man, maybe I was a little rough on these. Yeah. And then you take it out and you can just read the back, go, oh, oh yeah, I remember this. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I don't need to say as this. Soon as, I, as soon as I see, <laughs> as soon as I see fucking like uh, Bone Machine, if he's in the back cover, I'm going to be like, oh, wait a minute. This is all rushing fucking back to me. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I thought Dark, you know what? In a way, in a way, I don't know why I'm still rambling about this. I, in a way, I think Dark Justice was the worst of them, only because, only because it just, it just didn't, it just didn't get to where it needed to get to quite. It had some good stuff in it, but you're right. I, I, I do think overall, three and four are fucking horrible. Just terrible. Just terrible. Fuck it, fucking resurrection was a complete waste of my time. It like, was. It was shit. Except for the opening, the opening scene where they're killing off. Uh, Robo uh, Cage was was good, but then it was downhill from there. And they started. They did. They did that thing for the first three where they start you off high, <coughs> and then it's a fucking complete nosedive, and yeah. then they bring you out a little bit, you know, higher at the end to, to cap it off. Except for the last one, Crash and Burn, which starts off shit and is shit for a straight the hour entire and a half. Th- the entire time. It's like the same tempo, and it, but it does the same. 
The same thing three times. Yeah. The whole thing. And it's just, it's just not worth anyone's time. Yeah. So I think it's obvious what our thoughts are here. Amy, you, we started this off. You had only seen pieces of, of RoboCop. Now having seen four made for TV Canadian RoboCop films, what are your thoughts on this entire experience of having to go through this? Well, it was better than Gun Blast. But Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, um, no. I don't know. Maybe in like six months I'll watch the real one just to just to remind myself. Maybe it would be better. This is. Have you know. had enough RoboCop in your life? Yeah. Well, but this doesn't sound like RoboCop. Right, You're, you guys are sounding like this was not a good choice if you like RoboCop to watch no. these. So <laughs> maybe not. I should watch the real ones. The, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> only watch RoboCop one and two, and then every once in a while pull three out. You know, like, but the, I mean, I, I think people should watch the original RoboCop at least five times a year just to remind yourself, <laughs> remind yourself how great it is. You're so forgetful. Your mind is so bad. It's like, man, it's only been a couple weeks since I saw RoboCop. <laughs> I better toss fucking RoboCop. I mean, it. it's what, to me, that's like right up there with some of the best sci-fi, you know, fucking action. Uh, that is like ultra gory sort of shit like out there. I, I, I'm struggling like, you know, I mean, to me, that's up there, you know, with like top five, I would say. I mean, like, you know, I, I can watch, not that, you know, this is a horror movie, but Reanimator is the same thing. It's a sci fi movie. It's really gory from beyond you know, sci fi movie, you know, horror, really gory. You know, those are all really good too. But yeah. I mean, but Robocop. It's a totally. It, it traverses a bunch of different genres. It's it's super insane. Well, it's, the, it's the scariest movie of all time. It's the scariest non-horror movie of all yeah. time, probably. But it's, it's uh, but it's a horror movie. You remember? Oh right, it's a horror movie. Yes, yeah. For some reason, Robocop is the scariest of all horror movies. Robocop there. is right up there with fucking you Joker. Know, Joker. Oh god, yeah, the Joker. It's as, it's as scary as Joker, which I still haven't seen. Um, the scariest movie. I don't know if you want to watch. It. I don't know if you can handle Joker. It's so fucking scary. You know, it's weird. I thought I could handle. Deer Hunter with with the Joker in it instead of fucking Robert De Niro, but uh, nope. I don't know. Is that's that's essentially what it is, right? It's, it is. It. Why is it Deer Hunter? I meant fucking Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, my know, De Niro's mixed up. Nah, nah. It's it's last year's horror movie of the year, Joker. Oh, fucking bullshit. That's not a horror movie. I mean, you can see it from a mile away. It's not a horror movie. I, you know, I mean, like, God, can't they just put out another fucking paranormal activity? What are they at? Like 36 now? Oh, Jesus Christ. Folks, if you want to know my stance on the goddamn Joker, go listen to all the gimmicks podcast <laughs> where we suss this fucking stupid nonsense out. Anyways, yeah. thank you, Eric, for coming hey, on no up problem. here and uh, watching these sh- four shitty RoboCop movies. They are are, uh, they're shitty. I will. I will. I will. Alter, overall, that's my assessment. They're shitty. Oh yeah, I will forget them almost immediately the moment we're done here. Less shitty than I thought, but still shitty. Yeah, absolutely shitty. So, uh, having said that, let's wrap this up. Is there anything you want to show to my uh, audience that you got? Because you always got a bunch of stuff. cooks in the kitchen and stuff coming out. So, right. what do you want to show to the audience? Well. Uh, so 2020 should be hopefully a busy year. I mean, uh, my, my my band Ara that I play drums in has a new record coming out at the end of March. Uh, it's called Jurisprudence. I didn't come up with the title, so so don't ask me what that means. But it's coming out. <laughs> uh, Self releasing it. Um, that'll be out then. I think Northless will have a new record out this year. Um, 
And that's oh, and then I, I joined another band last year because I apparently don't think I'm busy enough. Yeah, right. Uh, called Steel Iron, uh, and that's like a, it's kind of like a old school heavy metal sort of thing, but really through a different filter. And I think it's interesting. But that will have a record out. They were recording this year, and that'll be out. I, don't know, I think we're trying to get it out by June. Cause, oh, cool! Because two of the guys wanted out for their 40th birthday for some reason. Nice. I don't really know when they both have them in June. So, so that'll be out. Um, it's written. It's done. We're recording it soon. So. I guess I'll be busy. Yeah. We'll see. Along with, we'll be doing more uh, shot and video episodes in the, in the coming months. That's true. And then, of course, I'll, I'll keep doing uh, Squib Central. And uh, I've got literal thousands of horrible action movies that I'll be able to review until... People have been digging it, man. Oh, they've good. been getting back to me. They've been liking it. Good. I'm glad. I, you know, and I, I know I ramble, but it's hard for me to sum up some of these things, some of those movies, because... Some of them are just so fucking ridiculous, mm. and I can explain it in a certain way, but you really just kind of had to experience it for yourself. Even if you go on, you know, some torrenting site or something, you know, if you can't find it on YouTube and, and just watch some of those, I, some of them I suggest doing it, like Rock House, the last one I talked about. Everyone should see that. Yeah. It's the it's the consummate 80s action movie. Every, every fucking cliche and every action movie you could think of are all in the one film, so... But I think, yeah, I'm going to keep talking. i got plenty more. All right. All right. Well, again, thank you. And listeners, thank you for taking this journey with us. Yeah. I am literally like moments from passing out. Amy, you summed up things very well before we started watching Crash and Burn. Any final words for the audience? Well, luckily, you guys are fun to hang out with. Thank you for listening to Astro Radio Z. Astro Radio Z 135 has been cybernetically enhanced, hosted, produced, and edited by Derek Carey, Daniel Liedenfield, Angelique Bone, Eric Stingley, Mark the Movie Man, and even Shelton. For more information, and to talk to the hosts online, join the All the Gimmicks Facebook group, and or find us on Twitter at Astro Radio Z. Music played on this episode, which we urge you to go purchase and support can be purchased through the supporting links provided in the show notes. Dark and Nocturne Slaughter Cult, The Sphere. The Darkness, Street Spirit, Fade Out. Woe, Unending Call of Woe. Craven Soul, A Ripping Strike. The Creepy Creeps, Red Eye. If you would like to hear more than your regular releases of Astro Radio Z, go over to our Patreon page. For the low price of $1 a month, you will receive monthly bonus episodes and much more. Check out what we have to offer and join us for the ultimate ARZ experience at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. Enjoy the remaining moments of your mortal existence Astro Zombies. Astro Radio Z will return next month, from the bowels of healthier blown out speakers.